Hello everybody, welcome to Real Geek News. My name is Kevin Andrew Rivera. We got Raul Ceballos over here. Raul, how you doing? Namor! Namor! We're here to talk about Wakanda Forever Black Panther review with our special guest here, right. leveling up with Benjamin Banks. We got Benjamin Banks in the house. Ben, how you doing? Hey, the number one hero is here and I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, and of course we also have our other special guest here, D from Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. D, how are you, man? Hey brother, I'm swell. Good to see you fellas. Well then, without further ado, let us begin our review of Wakanda Forever. Gentlemen, we have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, directed by Ryan Coogler. The first thing I always start off with is we talk about our the ratings that are online. So on IMDb, we got a 7.4 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, we got a critic score of 84%, audience score of 95%, Metacritic score, critic score of 67%, and user score of 5.9 out of 10. These ratings are so, like... I feel like they're out of nowhere in a way, but I have some opinions. But gentlemen, I want to hear what are some original, you know, opening thoughts of overall thoughts of the movie. What did you think of it? Did you like it? Are you excited to see the next continuation of this story? Uh, D, why don't we start with you? What do you think? I'm glad that you said D because you know your boy loves to talk. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. I was. If you gave us a pick, I was gonna say go ahead, Cap. That's what I do. Um, my overall, with the ratings and my overall thoughts going into it, I would love to see where they go forward. Um, in the next, you know, obviously there's going to be a third movie. I really liked the direction that they took, and I thought it was a very mournful movie, and I thought it was handled precisely the way it should have been. Mm. Because not only did you have the death of the king, you know, uh, Tadwick, but it was like it was handled excellently by the staff, the uh, the the staff and the cast and whatnot. I thought it was phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah. I um yeah. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, when the trailer first came out, I cried because I was just like, oh, man, mm -hmm. this is gonna be hard because yeah. like, I love Chadwick Boseman. I've been a fan of his for years. You know, before he became uh, T'Challa in the Black mm -hmm. uh, Panther, well, not Black Panther movie, but uh, Captain America Civil War. So That's right. I was already a fan of his. And for him to get that role and for it to have such an impact, you know, on everybody. And when it was announced that he had passed away, it was just so sad. So when I went into this movie, I was already, like Dee had said, it was a film of mourning because it's just like, the entire time I was in the theater, like, you know, when you watch a Marvel movie, like people are laughing, having a good time. It's just like the theater was just quiet the entire mm -hmm. time. And the the few scenes that they had comedy in, like, you know, people, they chuckled, but it wasn't like your typical Marvel movie. But I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to part three and I can't wait to dive more into the movie as we discuss it. Heck yeah. I think, let me piggyback off of what you were saying, because hey. Raul, Raul and I, when we when we saw this movie together, we noticed in the theater that, like, you know, when it opens with the Marvel Studios logo and it gets really quiet and all you see is Chadwick Boseman yeah. and you just hear wind, like, yeah. really, like, uncomfortable no music. wind, no music. You could hear, the first thing I heard was a guy behind us going, oh, shit. And then yeah. another guy going, oh, no. And then sniffles in the background. People are sniffling in the first five minutes of this movie. Yeah. That to you, me you could said hear a pin drop. wonders. You could yeah. hear a pin drop. It was nuts. 
I do want to add too, um, you know, Disney Plus. That was something that they added into the the first Black Panther movie right. as well. Yep. That opening, they actually announced that you know once once everything went down in his passing, that that was mm-hmm. something that they were going to add. And yeah. I thought it was very thoughtful, you know, yeah, to say the least. But I think this one, they, they yeah, they had it on Disney Plus, but in this mm-hmm. one, it was silence, right? Because on the Disney yeah. Plus one, it still had the Marvel music. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this one, it was it was so effective. I feel like it does. Me and my wife yeah. were actually just watching that before we got on. So yeah. I'm gonna say and yes. You know, you know what else? Uh, the reason why I was silent because it's just like right after they showed the Marvel opening, mm-hmm. it goes right into the funeral. funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like kind of like a moment that. of silence. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I didn't even think it was a moment of silence. Yeah. That's right. Moment That's of right. silence. That's totally it. It felt like it was just it was dead air, like it was missing something. And we were mm-hmm. missing our we were missing our Chad, you know, like yeah. he, he's gone. And, and that's something that we all are facing and not just us, but the characters themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the actors who are playing these characters have to fit in this story now and, and explain what these characters do now that their king is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Raul, what about you? What, what did you think overall? I definitely feel, look, this movie had an uphill battle from the beginning, right? This was, there was a lot, there was a lot on its shoulders and Ryan Coogler certainly had a lot on his shoulders to uh, execute and stuff like that. Um, Honestly, this movie, I feel like they did the best possible, they did it in the best possible way you could have done in this situation, losing uh, Chadwick Boseman. So I really did enjoy, I do feel like it was a, it was a very nice experience kind of, you know, you're seeing the characters mourn T'Challa in the same way that we feel like we're mourning, not just T'Challa, but Chadwick Boseman. So it did kind of, it was nice to kind of feel a certain closure for not just the character, but the actor. And it was a very kind of meta, it worked on, you know, two different levels. And it was a very, wonderful experience being able to see especially uh in a theater with a bunch of other people you know we're sharing this communal experience of mourning and 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 eventually moving on and moving forward um Mm, in the same way that the characters in the film are experiencing it themselves so it was very kind of it it it, it connected you with the film on a different level than than you wouldn't normally expect that you wouldn't normally see before so i i really did enjoy it um overall i had a good time i i liked it i didn't love it i still love the first one better yeah, same, I had, same. yeah i there were a couple of, of uh executional issues i i had with the film yeah. but overall i love the acting i mean there's there's no way you yeah. can you can uh you can argue that the that the acting is you know that the acting isn't great um the acting set design costume design yes, i love of course, I, the yeah, score Oh my yeah. God! The score, score. Yeah. yeah, the Ludwig so Göransson score. I mean, the cinematography. Everything. This movie is a gorgeous film. It, mm-hmm. it just the visuals are so striking, and I'm so happy that um, Namor. I'm gonna call him Namor because that's uh, it's funny. That's what I used to. That's what I thought in my head when I would read the Namor comics before yeah. I heard his name pronounced. In my head, mm-hmm. it was Namor, and then I heard. Like Stanley well, say Namor. Namor. Uh, it just depends on where you're from, I guess. Tomato, yeah. tomato situation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to hear that Namor yeah. is canon in the oh, MCU. Yeah. So I'm Hell sticking yeah. with that. But he was great. I mean, he was so fantastic. I Hell love yeah. the world of Talokan. Um, 
and and how tactile and real it is. Again, we'll we'll get into it in, in great detail. That's right. Dude. We'll get we'll get into it in detail. But Sweet. that is my overall thoughts on the film. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I Let think this add, is one of the strongest films in Phase 4 so far, if not these stories. Oh, yeah. Well, not, yeah, I, I, I want to piggyback oh, off yeah. of that. Not only is it the strongest, but it is the final movie in Phase right. 4, to close right. out Phase 4. So, That's right. Yeah. To me, it's like it's Wakanda Forever, No Way Home, and Shang-Chi were like the top three of the I agree. Phase. I agree with like, you. Yeah. I agree with you. The on other that. movies, the other movies were okay, but like these guys, like <clears throat> each one had so much pain in each film, you know. And yeah. I, I maybe I I was I was telling Raul that earlier when we first when we saw the movie that see Phase Four just feels like the whole through line is everybody is suffering in some yeah. way. Hmm. We're yeah. we're introducing new characters through the Disney Plus series, but the movies are just like pain after pain and loss after loss. I agree. Um, it's just been gut-wrenching. And so watching this movie, this movie specifically compared to No Way Home and Shang-Chi had like a fourth dimension to it, which was the fact that we were all connected to Chadwick Boseman as a person, not just as the character. Mm -hmm. And so when we go into this movie, we don't go into this movie thinking, oh, man, I hope the story's fun. We go into this movie thinking, how are they going to pull this off? Like, yeah. how are they going to get exactly. us into this? How are they going to pay respects to this character? And I think, you know, the the ratings that we're looking at with 95% audience score from Rotten Tomatoes, and yet you still have 67% for critic stuff, it's, it, it's kind of eye-opening a little bit because there's a lot of people who are going into this movie trying to not be emotionally connected to it. Yeah. But you can't help yourself when you go into this because most of the fans that love the, this movie are going into it emotionally connected. Exactly. Um, exactly. So um, they, Kev, I just want to piggyback. Yeah. The fact that the 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 T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, did pass away, it just mm -hmm. adds that extra dimension to it. It's hard. It would be super hard to not – feel for the film and the yeah. cast and the actors, the producers, everything, because it is, it is a lot to shoulder because of the past, you know, it yeah. just, and it felt so the acting felt so sincere yeah. and um, I'll get into some of the reasons and people that I would credit the most, but continue. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Before we move on to, I just wanted to piggyback <laughs> off of what D was saying about Chadwick. Um, and when the trailer first came out and it showed the mural on the wall for him, uh, they translated what it uh, says because it's in Wakandan. And it says the Panther King forever lives in us. The Panther King will live forever in us. Mm. And I had saw that earlier today on Facebook. And I thought it was it was cool that I saw that because we were doing this review. And I was just like, what are the odds of seeing that? And um yeah, Chadwick, uh, like I said, at the start of this thing, like he was a good actor. He was an incredible person. He was a humble person. And, you know, one thing that I just wish that people will do moving forward is because when he was sick and he had posted the video for um, Jackie uh, Robinson Day, for Jackie Robinson, and like when people mm -hmm. saw him, people were joking him and whatnot because it was like, well, what's going on? But they didn't know that he was sick. So, it's just like, you know, since then, it's like I would hope that people would, you know, not joke somebody's appearance when they put something Sad, out man. there because you never know what somebody's yeah. going through. And I feel like that in general. Like, you never know what somebody's going through. If, if yeah, somebody's going to run, you should like, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. point yeah. and you don't know what somebody's going through. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, 
yeah. I, I find it really like humbling though to to hear that he he didn't really want to share it with the world that he had that situation going mm-hmm. on because yeah it wasn't it wasn't anybody's business except his own and his family's and you know I a hundred percent respect that. I remember when I when I first heard the news that he passed away, there was that confusion in my mind that thought like, why didn't he say anything? Ah, we were together. We you and I, you were yeah. uh, hanging out at my place, and we were we just were talking out. and chatting. And then like one of us got on our phone, and we were like, oh, Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah, but yeah, it's like the the more you, you you like when we first heard about it, it's like the more you sat on it and really thought about this situation, the more you start to realize like it's not about the characters he plays it's about the human being you guys yeah. we, we gotta we gotta show some love and support to the family right now because that's what matters most right now when you yeah. see people online going well what are we gonna do about t'challa yeah recasting and like that pissed me off when people were already saying like after yeah. the man it was just announced that he passed away and people mm-hmm. are just like oh well what's gonna happen now he needs to be recast and whatnot and it's just like I'm fine with him being recast, but like, don't say that he needs to be recast as soon as it was announced. Like, give it a minute. Let it yeah, it's just like yeah. it's like it's, it's like just they, like you have to. That. They made that like the the focus rather than yeah. Chadwick Boseman yeah. just died. Like they were mm-hmm. like, what are we gonna do about T'Challa? And yeah. it's like, guys, like that again. That's not the important. We could, again, we could talk about that later. It's fine. Um, I, I myself, when I first had really been able to, to think about this stuff for a couple of months, had been telling myself, like, it probably would be better for them to just recast because blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure how they could come up with a story that could justify how this the story is going to keep going without him. Um, and then I sat down into this theater last week and I watched this movie and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to doubt Ryan Coogler ever again because this man knew what he was doing. He yep. put all his heart into this movie. And uh, by the time you get to the mid credit scene, I'm like, wow, did I just find so much closure? And it's it's not just like, a hey, fans of Marvel, move on. It's a love letter to Chadwick Boseman and finding closure to everybody who was mourning for this actor, not just the character. And uh, it worked. To me, it worked. It, yeah, I was sure. bawling my eyes the first time I saw it. So <laughs> it, it definitely did its magic. Tough watch. Yeah. 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 Tough, tough watch, watch. but like, also very rewatchable, surprisingly. After I watched it the first time, uh, I went with Raul to watch it the second time, and I caught a couple of things that I was like, oh, yeah. crap. Like, yeah. I didn't notice this stuff be- before. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, guys, why don't we dive right on into this, the story plot points? Um, okay. It is a very long movie, so we we do have a lot to talk about here. Uh, So I swear for all you listeners, we're going to keep this paced very well for you, uh, and and we'll get you out of here in no time. (laughs) Um, So we start off our movie here. We start with Shuri praying to Boss, the Black Panther god, to help heal her brother, promising that if T'Challa lives, she will finally believe in the spirit. T'Challa, king of Wakanda, dies of an unknown disease. Shuri, his sister, believes he could have been cured by the heart-shaped herb and unsuccessfully attempts to synthetically recreate the herb after it was destroyed by Killmonger. There's an entire funeral celebration for T'Challa reminding us that in Wakandan culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping, stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and Bast and Sekhmet lead you into a green belt where you can run forever. So opening sequence... Um, I, to me, what was going through my mind watching this was just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, everything's happening so fast. This is ridiculous. Ah, and 
as as I watch this scene uh, transpire, I realize that that's exactly what all the characters are going through as well. This comes out of left field and it surprises all of the Wakandan people and especially Shuri, who's struggling as fast as she can to put this stuff together. Um, and I think it's it was really interesting when it just cuts right to the funeral after the death is announced um, because it's, it's just a big slap in the face from, you know, not Ryan Coogler, but the, the storyline and what it's giving us. Um, but guys, what, what did you guys think about this opening sequence? Let's start with the role. What do you think, man? I do. Um, yeah, it is. You, you, you kind of, they kind of put you right into it immediately from the beginning. Right. Um, you're kind of, you're kind of in this situation where Shuri's kind of frantically running around trying to save, uh, her brother and, and, you know, the AI's kind of giving her the vitals and all that stuff. Um, his vital signs. And I do, I like that there's kind of an efficiency in this first scene and that it kind of just puts you right into it. It throws you into the, it throws you into the moment and you know what are we finding out well he's you know he's dying of an illness what kind of illness we don't know but you know what it doesn't really matter and i think i think that's uh i i didn't get so hung up on questions about well what happened how did you know they got to explain this and stuff like that because i have seen some complaints about that with this first scene is like well why didn't they explain what what happened and how he how he died what is this illness like does this you know we don't need to know Right. We're just kind of thrust in there. And we, as the audience know, we know Chadwick Boseman died. Right. So there's no need for us to question it. We just kind of accept it. He's dying of an illness and then we move on. So I do kind of appreciate that they just kind of throw it at you. And it's like, this is what it is. You know, you either accept it or not. Um, so that I, I do appreciate that about this, uh, about this first scene. Ben, how about you? What do you think, man? So when I saw the opening scene and Shuri was trying to recreate the the plant, uh, I was just like, man, like we already know what's going to happen. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. just like I, I, I do love that they incorporated that into the opening that it's just like, you know, she tried to save him because, I mean, it's just like in the real world, like when somebody is dying, like, you know, the doctors and stuff, they try to you know, do everything that they can to keep this person alive before, uh, you know, they meet their end. So it's just like, I thought that it was uh, very respectful how they handled the opening to the movie and then the whole celebration um, when everybody was celebrating his death and whatnot. And um, yeah, I mean, it was sad. Like I said, like everybody in the theater, you know, like I heard a couple people like tearing up and whatnot. And then like D had mentioned for the Marvel opening, the moment of silence that they had. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, you know, you just jump forward. And I'm just like, man, like what's going to happen next? So, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I got to say. D? As for me, I thought it was a very good way to open it. Um, Non-disclosed what he was infected with or what he was dealing with, whatever the condition was. You have Shiri in immediate panic. Mm -hmm. And I mean, um, like we've already said here, we already knew what was going on in real life. And like I've mentioned in my opening thoughts, like, and I will continue to say it, they sold it very well because it was like, right. it was a lot to shoulder and their, their way of handling it and jumping right into it and having her kind of panic was something that she had to learn as a character to deal with in a way, because a lot of this, you know, as you, you know, recap us and take us through, Sherry herself was dealing with this kind of like the whole movie in a way, like, what do I do? And I like the way that her mother, Angela Bassett, one of the best. Um, and what I would say, she is 
largely responsible for carrying this movie in a way to me. Yeah. Because she Absolutely. is a declarated and, you know, she's a veteran of her mm-hmm. craft. Yeah. And it shows in her performance. And yeah. I thought that she was an excellent vessel coming in and letting her know, hey, you know, he's, you know, it's it's time. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was something that was unique because she had dealt with the morning of her husband in the previous film and things like that and kind of talked with T'Challa about it previously. Mm-hmm. So she had dealt with it. I mean, so I thought it was just um, a really good way to just put you in there and get you reeling from the get go. Yeah. yeah. And just to, just to add really quick to, yeah. to what, what you were saying, Benjamin, is that um, there, there, there's like, you're, you're, you know, what's going to happen, right? We all yeah. know Chadwick yeah. Boseman died. We know where this is leading. We know this is T'Challa is dying. They haven't hid that from us in the marketing. And yet I still felt like I was on the edge of my seat watching this scene. The way it's kind of played out and the franticness and stuff, you're like, you know, we already know it's going, but but for me, I was just like, yeah, oh my God, is, is she gonna is she gonna save him? I hope she saves him, but it's like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna end up dying. But I still felt that urgency and I felt you know she what sold I mean? It. It, yeah. it's it, absolutely yeah. she sold yeah. it. Absolutely. So yeah, that was that was that was really great. Yeah, her, just, Letitia writes. Uh, Letitia writes performance. Once Angela Bassett comes in and says, "Your mm-hmm. brother has passed on," that was just the moment that, to me, yeah, just, for sure, it was a punch in the gut of this yeah. is the type of movie we're about to step into. So get ready for this. You know, yeah. I do want to. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention and piggyback that it was like these are the performances that I that I was mentioning. It's just like they they do their best, and it, I think they do it at a high level to take to take you out of what you already knew really happened and to put you into the story, Mm -hmm. what is going on in this film, what we are trying to accomplish regardless of the real world. And I think that that's what I mean. They, they sold it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, there were so many connections I think in this movie to the real world, as you were saying, like, Mm -hmm. and I, and I think it, that's why it worked. Like why we, we are okay with this, the scene, the way it's playing out. Um, and actually, that kind of segues in, us into our next section of the of the movie here. Uh, one year later, Wakanda is under pressure from other countries to share their vibranium, with some parties attempting to steal it by force. Using the Dora Milaje, Queen Ramondo uh, presents to the UN the French soldiers who were trying to steal vibranium. She warns all the countries at this meeting that any more stunts like this will be considered an act of aggression. Like... Honestly, like in real life, that's probably how things would have ended up as well if we had yeah. a real life Wakanda. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure, a hundred countries, hundred and eighty nine countries would have been like, "Yeah, let's try to take it without them knowing." You know, not not with the Dora Milaje. Like, just because uh-huh. their Black Panther's gone doesn't mean you know. Um, yeah. And may I add the music of the Dora Milaje when that sequence was happening? Choo, choo, oh. choo, 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 choo. Yeah, uh-huh. when the doors <laughs> open up, it's yeah. so yeah. intimidating and badass. Like I, I found myself just going, hell yeah, because they're about <laughs> to whoop these French guys' butts. Like, come on, let's go. But uh, oh, Ben, w- what do you think about this? So when I thought that that was a good way to transition into like what's going on in the world now, because you know, in the first Black Panther film, Chad, or well, not Chad, I'm sorry, the Chala. He wanted to, you know, open Wakanda for the rest of the world. And I know that that had been an issue with some of the other, you know, higher ups in Wakanda, where it's just like, you know, we've been in secret for all these years. And it's just like, now you want 
the world to know about us. And but that's what Killmonger wanted to happen too. But he just wanted to go about it in a different way. If you could compare both of them, yeah, uh, Killmonger was like Magneto, <laughs> and T'Challa was like Professor X. That's a but, good point. Um, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. But you know, it's like now that T'Chaka and T'Challa are gone, and then now Queen Ramonda, she has to, you know, be the queen of this entire, um, this entire place. And I thought that the scene where, you know, she was at the UN and she was talking with the person from the France and then it shows the Dora Milaje and they just take out the French soldiers, like the whole transition and mm. how they were just taking everybody out. It was just so dope. Like, I, I thought it was a good way to, you know, move from a sad scene and then like pick up the energy and, you know, get everybody hyped for what was to come next. Mm-hmm. Which is a a great reminder from the Queen saying, like, you guys think that because the Black Panther's gone, like, that's it for us? Really? Really? Check this out. And then all these people come out. <laughs> oh, man, Dora Milaje. Come on. I, I, I can also just add that Ryan Coogler does not miss when it comes to action sequences. Like, to me, watching just that opening sequence made me go, oh, man, he's got to direct Secret Wars. Like, this guy, yeah. he would kill it if he directed Secret Wars. And this isn't even the best fight scene of the movie, and we'll get to that. But, D, what, what about you? What did you think? Well, I mean, just the queen putting down her foot and dealing with people, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was good. And like I said, the pacing of the movie really helped its case. Um, just immediately going, you know, people smelling what they think is blood in the water and trying to make a move on Wakanda and uh, getting dealt with. I thought it was it was pretty sweet. She had to come in and kneel and let them know, look, look, I'm giving you all these people back. But if I see him again, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you know, well, you yeah, so it was just, uh, it was very blunt. And uh, I thought it was immediately when I saw him going in there, I was like, ain't no way. Yeah, ain't no way no regular soldiers went right up into Wakanda. So yeah, I I do recall in in our theater hearing people going oh like as soon as the <laughs> yeah, Wakanda start showing up with their weapons, I'm like oh here we go, it's, yeah. it's about to go down. Raul, any thoughts from you? I do like. I think it's so refreshing that in this movie, the the last movie of Phase Four, we finally get a movie that shows us how the events of the movie affect the world, right? The events of Mm -hmm. this movie, we're seeing the geopolitical structure play out and how the rest of the world reacts to, to the events going on here with, you know, T'Challa being gone. And now it's like open season on vibranium. Right. Yeah. And we get to see, you know, the UN and how everybody reacts. It's so refreshing because I feel like so many of these movies in phase four take place in this bubble and we never get to see how the rest of the world is are reacting to it. You know, nobody questions the fact that a giant celestial came out, you know, from, from the earth and is now just like stuck there. You know, nobody's questioning what happened with Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and, you know, all this stuff going on moon Knight, You've got, you know, gods, Egyptian gods fighting out in the open. And yet we never hear from anybody how the world's just another Tuesday. Just yeah. another, it's like, sure. and, and I want to know, like, how does the world feel about all these events going on right now in phase four? Like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> we don't really, we don't hear anything about how anybody feels about anything, any of this stuff. But it's refreshing to see that in this film, the events and the narrative here, we get to see how the world reacts to this. And yeah. so mm-hmm. it, it, it felt grounded. It felt more grounded than, than a lot of the other films in phase four because of that. And uh, I, I really enjoyed seeing that 
And uh, I mean, we're going to, Angela Bassett, my God. I mean, this is only one of many, many highlight moments that she has in this film. And, you know, it's, it's right there. I mean, you feel it like T'Challa's gone. Yeah. But you know what? Don't underestimate Queen Ramonda and the rest of Wakanda. I mean, she definitely convinced me. It's like, you know, she has so many great moments in this film. And, you know, with her first scene there at the, at the UN, it's like right off, right out the gate. Like, Oh, you you don't want to mess with her, right? You also, don't want to mess with her. Take it let easy, me just, Carlos. That's right. Let me just add also <laughs> that, like, in the beginning of that scene, uh, the, the UN's all like, hey, what gives? Like, you've been signed with us now, like, for five, six years, and you still haven't shared anything with us. What's going on? And I was over here in the theater thinking, um, Thanos snapped yeah. his finger, and you guys have been half the population for five years what do you mean why aren't you helping us yet yeah like it's it's been ages and then the king died right away of course they're not helping you guys yet we've kind of been busy thanks yeah they have to restructure you know yeah uh it's really cool to see the way that uh, wakanda responds to the un whenever they try something because the next scene kind of like is a good comparison on what happens with another country when you try to mess with their vibranium, which is uh, the Talokan people. Here in our next scene, we got in the Atlantic Ocean, the CIA uses a new vibranium detecting machine on an expedition to a potential vibranium deposit underwater. After hearing siren calls, the entire search team is attacked and killed by blue-skinned, water-breathing people. Two CIA members try to escape on a helicopter, but a silhouetted figure catches the helicopter tail and dunks them into the ocean. The CIA believes Wakanda is responsible. What what you were saying, Raul, about like the geopolitical stuff, like this movie, mm. ah, just I think Black Panther in general as as a as a franchise is so good about talking about geo, geopolitical issues. Um, and just this scene, just the the idea of oh, it's the Wakandans' fault. We gotta all all the other countries. We should gang up on Wakanda now and you know dismantle them and get their resources. It's all about political stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. all the, everything that happens has a consequence in the planet, and that's awesome. Um, but I think the the opening sequence with the sirens singing at first, I thought it was just like the composer of the movie just adding cool music. And then I slowly realized, like, oh, shit, no, like, these characters are actually, these are the ones singing. They're the mm-hmm. ones making people fall off the boats and all this other stuff. That's nuts. Um, and it's just so much, uh, uh, like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there's no mercy. There's no mercy with these yeah. guys. They they don't yeah. care who they you are. They They're so ruthless. Right. <laughs> I thought it was funny that they they kind of derived from the Aztecs because that's what they kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like uh, yeah, like yeah. if you were to run into them back then, they would just kind of you know. Take I mean, you well, out. think about it. The piggyback off of that because remember, like on the Mayan calendar, they said that they all disappeared, and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's what they were hitting at. Yeah, mm-hmm. disappeared. Yeah, they <laughs> went to the, they returned to the ocean. But I thought, yeah, continue, Kev. No, no, that's I, that's... I mean, yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, they were, like you said, they had the siren calls, and I thought that it was kind of, it was instantly, like, again, the pacing of the movie is so kind of, it's almost fast, because it's like you get conflict after conflict after conflict, and they weren't playing, you know? Mm-hmm. They found them drilling out there. Um, I did get very Jurassic World vibes when they went down there and found the drill 
bit all messed up and then yeah. it was like they panted <laughs> yeah. a shot of them and they were just standing there looking into the dark i was like yeah. where's the mosasaur at because it's like <laughs> right. is the lightning gonna flash and it's just right behind him and like, hey your yeah, calls was, went out <laughs> yeah it was funny because the one girl she was just sitting there smiling and yeah it's just cool. like yeah we found some new life down there and and they were trying to contact her it was just <laughs> like yeah the other guy that like his his He's not being picked up right now. She looked, she didn't see him. I knew it was a wrap. She immediately freaked out. I mean, what Uh would you do down there that deep? Yeah, so. (laughs) Why didn't the other guy freak out? Because, like, she's already, like. I think they just snatched him up. Yeah, yeah, they snatched him up. I thought he was gone. Yeah. Man, because that heart rate went so fast. And then it might not have been them, to be honest. I mean, they were riding around on whales. And, you know, I mean, obviously they have influence on the sea life. So who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, was that jellyfish a real thing, by the way? Is I was going to ask y'all about that. If yeah, you I thought that, if you thought that that had any connection to anything, it, do you think that has any um, implications on it? What was it called? A ghost jellyfish or a phantom I jellyfish? Yeah. I think it was phantom. They, I think it was a phantom. I thought mm-hmm. that was, I thought something like something about that was going to come back around because they do make a big deal by saying like, oh, I've never seen it that color before. Yeah, exactly. I thought of, it was something. Yeah, the scene just continues. I'm like, well, what was the deal with that jellyfish? Maybe it you was just kind of like a mesmerizing, like I've never, like literally just, I've never seen this thing and then, hey, he's gone. It might yeah. have just yeah. It might have just been like a mystical know. thing, like oh wow, the dark oceans, like way yeah, down. Yeah, because they were here, down like, there in the yeah. deep. Yeah, they say yeah. in the Mariana Trench and stuff like that. There's stuff like we've never even seen. So maybe maybe so yeah, maybe it was it was more of like a comparison of like when you go down down into the oceans, like you see this mystical creature that's harmless, but guess what? There's other stuff that's yep. not harmless. Yeah, it is gonna mess you up. And yep. I think they the way that they introduced all these mermen people, they. Man, it was so scary. Like I, yeah. I was sitting in the theater going, "Dude, I would never want to go to the ocean <laughs> if, yeah. if that thing was real." You know, oh. don't ever mess with vibranium underwater. That's what I know. Well, damn but, that! Uh, if there's something called a uh, phantom jellyfish, I don't want to touch it for one. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's good enough for me. I hate jellyfish already. Any kind yeah, of jellyfish. Yeah. I exactly. Hate They're pretty dangerous. Maybe the phantom jellyfish was actually uh, a creation of the phantom zone. And that's how they connect the DC universe <laughs> oh, with God. Superman going into Wakanda. Somebody you know? say. Yeah. Now, one, <laughs> thing I got- wanted to, one thing I wanted to say is when uh, the CIA agents thought that they had got away and like <laughs> something was pulling them back. I wasn't expecting it to be uh, Namor. I thought it was going to be like, some sea creature that we had no, never like seen. Like a kraken or something. Yeah, like Dude, a kraken or something. Came and snatched it. That's what <laughs> I was expecting. But then no, I was just Nemor. He was Nemour, just bodying yes. people. That's uh-huh. right. Want to see Davy Jones come out, you know. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Because <laughs> I know, like, because the kraken is down there. I mean, like, that's oh, the yeah. way to introduce it. I thought that they would have had some sort of I would have liked to seen them have some sort of rendition of a Kraken under their power, you know, classic come up, blow on his little horn or his seashell. And then something just comes up and starts bodying Wakanda or trying to beat down the door. Mm -hmm. No, there was none of that. Do they have uh, Krakens in the Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa? I believe. I know when he went underwater to like the, the deepest part of the sea or something like that, they, there were like the, so, some sort of mutated fish or something like that. Yeah, there, there's definitely something in there, but also D mm. hasn't seen Aquaman. We're going to talk about that well, later. Yeah, but, it's just, yeah, I'm just, DC guy. yeah, I'm just not a fan of what they've done so far. Outside but your name of is D. 
Yeah, it's rebellious See? day. Ah, <laughs> that's what a rebellious comes You got you there, yeah. Kev. <laughs> I'll see myself out. It's all good. Um, but no, I, I think I think that, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying about how scary the these Tal- Talokan people were, um, yeah. in my mind, like, I went into this movie knowing that they were going to introduce us to Namor, Namur, mm-hmm. and, and the Talokan. And so I assumed in my mind, like, oh, okay, well, these are good guy characters. They're anti-hero stuff. Oh, okay, they're not going to be that bad. And then you see them for the first time, and Ryan Coogler's like, Oh no! Don't don't think this is just a cookie cutter superhero movie. These guys mess these humans up. Uh-huh. Like it's bad. So heck, the just the scene with the the final guy who was about to fall off the boat, and they were like, "No, oh, stop!" And he was just like, "Oh, I think I'm safe now." Whoop! Gets sunk into the ocean. Ah, uh, they stack right on come up. out with the spear, dude. He sunks the spear into that guy's chest. I'm like, it's "Oh crap!" It came right out of the water like Jason. Yeah, Snacked right on up. And I'm pretty sure the main commander for the Talokan who did that, you know, through the spear, I think he becomes a villain later on in future comic stuff. So it's cool to see that there's going to be even more, uh, you know, relationship and tension within the Talokan people themselves. As it goes. Yeah. As it goes. And so, you know, again, we'll we'll talk more about that. Kind of like Aquaman and his brother. I mean, yeah, exactly. There's never going to be like a patriarchy thing, like who's who should be on top kind of thing. Kev, I do want to piggyback, and I think that that's towards the end, and he has a conversation with the, I think she was the young lady who had the the fish helmet kind of thing. Namora. I do think, yes, thank you, Namora. Oh, yeah. She is, Namora. that fish for one is, I believe it's, that's a very poisonous fish, I think, for one. Um, I can't think, is it, what is it? Did oh, no, I, I don't know. I I'm trying to think of the dangerous. name of the fish, but um. <laughs> I was thinking it the whole movie, but towards the end, the wrap up, she's like, you know, I wanted to rule by your side. And she's showing um, not necessarily a disbelief in him wanting to work with Wakanda, but it's a lot that goes into that conversation, even in his words, too. Like, they're going to turn to us and need help. But is it like, hey, that will be our moment to strike them? Yeah, because he didn't really say much. You know, that was the end of the conversation. He was like, they're going to turn to us right? when they do. You can tell that like his people have tension with the way he's leading everything right now, because this is the first time again, you know, we're cutting to the to the end. of the. Yeah, I don't mean to. No, no, it's okay. We'll we'll get to it, too. But Mm. when we get to the end and we see that uh, Namor uh, does end up losing, that's the first time his people see him like that. And so, you know, just vulnerability. Yeah, and like that, yeah. that vulnerability is just so weird. And when you see your leader being vulnerable, you want to start questioning that. And For like, sure. I guess, you know, that makes sense. It's good to question your leaders to make sure you've got the best of the best leading your, your people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing the, the, the general in this opening sequence was just, it was instantly telling me this guy's someone you don't mess with. No. He will mess you up. He's not the only one. The rest of his people are just the same. Uh, not as tough as him, but like, man, yeah. is he tough. Yeah, and if that, guy, man, so. if that guy turned on you, you would not want to be the one that fights him next. For sure. Um, but but um, continue. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no. If it's cool with you guys, let's move on our next scene here. Uh, we got, our, we got our next scene here. We see the Queen Ramonda with her crown off, revealing that she has white hair. She meets Shuri in the science lab. Shuri is working, working, going. Oh, I totally misspelled all these sentences, and I'm sound, I sound like a Southern boy. 
Uh, Shuri is working on a new suit for Okoye. Ramonda implores Shuri to continue her research on the heart-shaped herb, hoping to create a new Black Panther that will defend Wakanda. But Shuri refuses due to her belief that the Black Panther is a figure of the past. Ramonda requests Shuri to come down to the beach to help her with something. I think that it was a cool thing that when they when they were suddenly just like, hey, this is a year later. This is what Shuri's been up to after all this time. Um, she's clearly still in a negative mindset um, and doesn't really want to uh, think about uh, her brother, even though this same scene happens on the same day of the year anniversary. Yeah. Um, there was just a it's just you can sense that there's so much pain still in Shuri. And uh, the, I, I, for me, I remember a lot of people saying, you know, when they found out that they were probably going to make Shuri the Black Panther, a lot of fans were saying, oh, I don't want to see. It. She doesn't deserve it. She hasn't earned it yet. Well, guess what? After a time skip, you kind of figure out that they're a different person by the time they do that, you know? Yeah. And so she's no longer this happy, nerdy girl. She's like this, she's got a dark a darkness inside her that is showing, you know? And this scene alone, just talking to her mother, I thought was really great. Also, I just love that there's so many scenes between Angela Bassett and Letitia Wright because yeah. the two of them together is just such a winning combination. Um, Raul, what did you think about this scene? I really do like that you get to see this vulnerability in Shuri. And yeah, she's kind of defeated and, and it kind of... We kind of see in this scene and then late, just all throughout the movie, she's struggling almost kind of like, because in the very beginning of the movie, she's praying to Bost, right? And she's, she's saying, you know, you know, if you save my brother, you know, I will, you know, I will, you know, believe in you or I will worship you or whatever this. And it's, it, we see this struggle with her, almost a theological struggle in, in, in faith almost, you know, she's she has lost her brother and so she has lost her faith so she kind of closes off and she just kind of buries herself in her you know in her building and and, and engineering and all that stuff so i really do think that this scene kind of pre presents um you know this kind of struggle with her and i and i really do think Letitia wright does a great job throughout the whole movie with this and mm. and again back to what i was saying before about this being an uphill battle this was another thing is that Everyone else, because we've lost Chadwick Boseman, all the other supporting characters from the first movie have had to step it up and yeah, and become, sure. you know, main characters themselves. And Letitia Wright, definitely, you can see she is clearly, to me, up to the task to being able to step up and, and be this character more that is more in the forefront. And it's a very compelling story that, that we're given with her struggling with her faith. Right. So, yeah, I love that this scene shows us that. D, what do you think? Um, me personally, I make a lot of connections between Sherry and Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. And this is a big one because when he was going through his traumatic uh, events from New York and stuff, he too retreated into what he knows, which is his tech. Mm, right, and I right. thought that it was a great, uh, they had a great similarity to one another because she's essentially doing the same thing that Tony did. I mean, she just doesn't build well at this point. Literally, she's building suits, too. And I don't know if that is any influence from Tony um, directly, but I thought that that was something that uh, she found comfort in the same way he did. And that's the way I see it. And then whereas Tony had uh, Pepper pull him out and just kind of like, hey, you need to stop building random suits by the time the third movie rolled around that's when that was happening. He was just mm -hmm. kind of building suits because that's like, 
he was almost afraid. He didn't know what else to do, basically. Right. And in this, she has her mother pull her out and is like, hey, we need to talk. She's getting older. And she, to me, is the one who kind of tried to shoulder everything for her, kind of be her shield. And in, a, in another way, too, she's just kind of trying to get her to accept what what is going on at this point in time with the family. And she's obviously, you know, continuing to age herself. So I thought it was um, it was a good moment, and she Sherry at this point still can't accept it. She doesn't know what to do, and she's still kind of lost in herself. Mm. So I mean, that's that that was my main takeaway. Banks. Yeah. So in this scene, like the Black Panther has always been a protector of Wakanda, and it's like I understand, you know, why Shuri feels the way that <clears throat> she does, but you know, that's one of the things that when you think about Wakanda, you think about the Black Panther mm. and that's their hero. Like that's their protector. And without a Black Panther, it means that, you know, even though you have the Dora Milaje, you still need to have the Black Panther there because it's like they can only do so much. And I know that they don't have the heart-shaped herb anymore. And, you know, she's working tirelessly to, you know, recreate another one. But by her saying that uh you know the black panther is a figure of the past I, I i feel like it's one of those things where uh you know like how younger people will say all right, all right this is something prime example right because this is something that just happened recently so 21 savage he was on something and Nas's new album just dropped and somebody had asked him a question about Nas, and he was just like Nas isn't relevant anymore you know and that ruffled feathers in you know the hip-hop community and whatnot because it's just like yo like what are you talking about Nas is always <laughs> relevant but it's just like I get what 21 Savage was coming from because it's just like because he also said that you know Nas is still popular but his fans are the only ones that that like him not everybody all over the world like he's not relevant right now in the world of hip-hop which is you know to go back to what Shuri was saying it's just like yeah there's people in Wakanda that, you know, want the Black Panther to come back. But Shuri is just like, no, like, we need to focus on ourselves and we need to focus on, you know, growing Wakanda and making Wakanda great again. And, um, you know, we see that she's working on the suit for Okoye, which I wasn't a fan of the design. Like, I thought that it looked, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's in the comics and it, it might look better. I mean, you know, we yeah, talk about this all the time. That. with the Midnight uh, you know, Angels. With uh, like TV shows and movies, how they they change the design for outfits and whatnot. So it looks like it has um, inspiration from like uh, Egyptians. Yeah, I don't know where. Like that's what it looks. It reminds me of like Scarab or whatever. It just looks very. I don't know if they did that on purpose. Who knows? For me, like the the, the eyeballs. The eyeballs made me think mm-hmm. of uh, Breath of the Wild, like the the ancient sat, uh, monsters uh, mm-hmm. from Breath of the Wild, because they all have like these circular shapes and like cool little designs on them. And I was like, oh man, like okay, that's, that's not gonna age well. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. You never know. Roll, we'll you, you were saying something, Roll. What's up? No, I was just saying that the the suits, and this is jumping a little bit ahead because we don't really see them in full form until later, but I will say the suits, the Midnight Angel suits in the film are comics accurate, but I I will say 
it looks better on the page than on the screen. I do. That's see, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, there is. I do agree with you. It's it, there's just something. It looks really cool when you see it in the comics, and they don't really change it too much for the for the films. But um, it just it looks better in the comics than on the film. I don't know. I don't know why, but uh, it just doesn't strike me the same way. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Um, because on uh, when me and D were doing our reviews for Black Lightning, there was um this character up there and i'm mad that i can't remember his name right now um but in the comics like the character he looked like a badass but mm. then on the black light the tv show it looked like some dude that just went up to the thrift store and bought and bought some army fatigue yeah and it was like he doesn't look anything like how he does in the comic though so. yeah sometimes I, it just doesn't translate very well i yes. do appreciate though I, I do appreciate kevin feige trying his best to like you know, be as as close to the source material as possible, and giving Ryan Coogler the opportunity to do that himself as well. And um, but you know, it, it, some it's what you're saying. You know, sometimes it's okay to change the design a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but hey, guys, moving on to our next scene here. Um, we got a uh, Ramonda wishes to do a burning ritual with Shuri at the beach, where they burn their funeral ceremonial robes, telling Shuri that it's to gain spiritual comfort knowing that T'Challa is still with them. Shuri refuses, telling Ramonda that it's all part of her emotional construct, a coping mechanism, nothing more. Shuri claims that if she ends up doing this burning ritual, she'd end up wanting to burn the whole world instead. Easily bypassing Wakanda's advanced uh, security, the silhouetted figure appears from the water. We find out his name is Namor, uh -huh. leader and god of the Talokan. He blames Wakanda for the vibranium race and gives Ramonda and Shuri an ultimatum. Find and give him the scientist responsible for the vibranium detecting machine, or he will attack Wakanda. He gives Ramonda a seashell to let him know when they should meet again with the scientist at hand to murder. Um, I, I gotta say, the, the, the conversation, again, going back to what I say about uh, Letitia Wright and Angela Bassett's scenes working together, so freaking good. Um, the scene where she's talking about, you know, mother, it's, it's an emotional construct. Like it's all just in your head. Like the spiritual stuff isn't real. Um, I, I grew up Catholic. I never said I'm a good Catholic, but I grew up Catholic. <laughs> um, and every time I hear people have conversation about spirituality, that that's, oh man, it, it does something to me deep down mm -hmm. because I know that I have a spiritual side within me, but I yeah. know that sometimes it's not as strong as it could be. And uh, it, it really resonated with me. And it, it, when you hear Angela Bassett asking Shuri, like, you know, uh, what does what do you what is your comfort? Like, what comforts you when you think of Chadwick? Like, what does your construct do for you? Um, it made me think about it because I felt like she was asking me that question, not just Shuri. And I'm like, man, I'm so hooked on this scene. But uh, Ben, what about you? What, what did you think of this whole thing? So when I saw it, I was just like, man, this dude just rolled up on him. Like, he came, <laughs> he came up on him like Birdman on The Breakfast Club, where he was just like, I'm Dang. talking to all three of y'all. There's was, was a few places I could have rolled up on y'all, but I wanted to come say it to your face. And that's what he did. He rolled right mm -hmm. up on him. And uh, I just love how, you know, Ramona was just like, how, how was he able to get in here? Like, it just, it makes me think that uh, because of the water, that's everywhere all over the world in the MCU that it's no place is safe. So it's mm -hmm. just like, he can go wherever he wants to go. And if he, and like he said, if he wanted to bring the crew up in there, he could have brought the crew up in there, which he did. You know, they didn't see the other people that had put the, 
machine on the uh, on the land. But that's right. That's right. I just thought that it was an incredible scene. And I thought, too, uh, like how you were saying, Kev, about, you know, giving them the ultimatum. Um, you know, if he like I said, if he wanted to, he could have easily just took everybody in Wakanda out. But I'm glad that he gave them an ultimatum where it's just like it did give them some time. But um, at the end of the day, like he wasn't wrong in doing what he needed to do because he wanted to protect his people. And mm. now you have surface dwellers coming down to um, where his people are. And it's just like, no, like, I don't want the I don't want them to know about it. You know, mm. so I, I thought that the scene was very it was a very powerful thing. Like. The scene before where they rolled up on the CIA agent, like that was a powerful scene to introduce them. But to actually introduce them more as like, hey, this is me. I rolled up on y'all. I thought it was a powerful uh, entrance to his appearance. Yeah. D, what'd you think? Well, I mean, to piggyback off of uh, Banks, it's just um, it was powerful. It was a great intro for him. I mean, and his his words and the way he speaks about his people is so direct and cold, mm-hmm. like that he, he means what he, you know, he means it, you know, and he was willing to go to war. I think him, his, obviously, you come to find out, it's like him trying to bully his way into or use the aggressive route, I mean, was kind of interesting because he knows that Wakanda was probably the only uh, country above ground or above water, we'll say, that could, you know, rival his own power, you know, and he doesn't know for sure that his people, he, he feels like he could take, them, but it's not really, he's not totally sure because he knows they're the only ones that can threaten his power. And yeah. that's why he kind of tries to forcefully make them um, submit to be in an alliance with them. Right. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting, but, you know, come to find out he had his reasons for doing what he was doing. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I always tell Banks, I love a villain that I can root for, that has an actual purpose. They're not just, I'm going to crush the moon into the earth. And then it's like, well, <laughs> where are you going to live? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it <laughs> wasn't one of those scenarios. Yes. It wasn't one of those scenarios. He was literally doing this for his people. Raul? Yeah, I really enjoy I really enjoy the scene. I really enjoy our introduction to Namor. And I think uh, the actor Tenoch Huerta, uh, I had I I learned I finally learned his Hell name yeah. because I I, I would always I <laughs> I kept butchering it before, but uh, yeah I think he's got he's got a great he brings a really great charisma and a great kind of presence to this film and you can tell right off the bat he he comes off comes across as a leader and you get this and you do get this sense from him that um and then of course they they delve into it even more that you really he's just trying to protect his people but uh like you were saying d it's like he is he's kind of giving them an opportunity you know he's giving an opportunity yeah yeah it's just be ultimatum to yes. try and make an alliance like you know where where does your loyalty stand you know lie with us are you gonna are you gonna be with us or are you gonna be against us um choice is up to you but um yeah it's 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 a really good scene you know this conversation between him and and Angela Bassett and uh yeah and and you aren't I like that it's like it's just him you know talking mm-hmm. to them yep. and it's not until after the scene's over when they turn around and they see the drill behind them, then it's like, it, it kind of gives you that surprise. Like, 
oh no, they could do yep. a hell of a lot more than yeah. you think they can. You know, it just kind of Plus upped the level. Yeah, it kind of upped the level of threat. Uh, so that you're kind of you as an audience member kind of surprised and are like, oh, they, yeah, they're they're a little bit more um, formidable than we thought. Yeah, because I just, no, sorry, Kev, I just no, want to say, good. and it's it's a credit to his acting ability. Again, you know, I credited the cast because he again he sells it, and you yeah. feel that you know, hey, I'm giving you a chance. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, you feel it. Yep. It's like a it. once and done kind of thing. Like once mm-hmm. he's told you how he feels about it, he doesn't want to have to talk about it again. Like it's yeah, like, he's like, looking her right in her eyes. You're like, here's the like, seashell. Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> Go get that gosh darn scientist, man. Like, but oh, also yeah. the the vibranium sensing machine that when they looked to the side and they were like, what the heck? When did that get there? <laughs> I'm so dumb because I was watching that scene and I was like, I would have noticed. I would have noticed there. <laughs> it's a giant machine. How did they do that so quietly? There's no way they could have done that so quietly. Like you're Namor is distracting Shuri and the Queen, being like, "I want you to help me. Come on!" Like moving his hands around, distracting <laughs> them while these fishmen are just lifting this giant robot mechanism. Like that thing doesn't make noise. What is this? Hey, I don't don't look behind you. Hey. Look over here. Hey, hey, look over here. <laughs> look what hey. I'm doing, Namor. Yeah, he's like, look <laughs> at me. I am the captain. Exactly. Yeah, I, they came. <laughs> hey, they came in there swift like D's favorite show, Tom Swift. Oh, That's what that is. Is. <laughs> now they use one of the boom tubes to just drop that bad one right on the beach. <laughs> They're like, no, we just re- we put it. Uh, we took it apart and put it back together while you guys were talking. That way, it was very quiet. <laughs> It'd have been a better effect if he's like. Yes, use this to call me when you're ready. And then you just hear a kaboom behind him. It just falls right there on the beach. It's like, uh, that was a bit much. It would have been even funnier if Namor goes, anyways, use this to call me. Just screams. <laughs> <laughs> Distracting from the loud sound What is that? Over there. And then you just hear a splash in the water. He's going, uh-huh. uh, And Sherry going, did he oh, have wings? <laughs> yeah. That's what you were paying attention to? The wings? Come on, man. Yeah. Well, moving on to our next scene here, uh, we got a big chunk to read. Let me let me see what we got here. We got Queen Ramonda's council discuss their options. Some wish to do as Namor says. Others wish to kill Namor. They continue to argue, bringing up prior errors that they had committed in the past, letting Killmonger burn the heart-shaped herb, etc., etc. Ramonda wishes to capture the scientists and bring them to Wakanda. Uh, assigning Okoye, general of the Dora Milaje, with the job, Okoye convinces Ramonda to let her bring Shuri with her on the mission. Shuri and Okoye, with the help of their friend and CIA agent Everett K. Ross, their favorite colonizer, go to Boston to meet the scientist responsible, an MIT student named Riri Williams. Riri is surprised to see the Princess of Wakanda and is also intimidated by Okoye, who breaks into her room through the bathroom door, or the bathroom window. Shuri is able to convince Riri to follow them, telling her that if she doesn't come with them now, Namor will probably show up and kill her. There's a lot to dissect in this because there, there's a lot of scenes here. But um, I do want to just say the the opening sequence with the, the council talking introduced us to uh, M'Baku again. And he had his vegetable that he's eating uh-huh. while he's walking in. Because <laughs> they're vegetarian. The vegetarian. so good. Yeah, the big monkey, um, as I call him. <laughs> anytime that man shows up on screen, I just get really giddy because he's so funny. And he's so, yeah. so likable and charming. Yeah, I love his little, the little kind of like monkey... Uh, mannerisms and things like that that they gave him like his little yeah. hmm. he just makes a little weird noises yeah. sometimes it's so yeah. fun 
<laughs> They're like, can we not right now, guys? Can we not be gorillas today? <laughs> okay, all right. Back to the council meeting. Okay. He is huge, though. He, he is very huge. huge. Yeah, very, that's what very. she said. And Maybe. I... <laughs> oh! This guy, Nani? <laughs> Nani? <laughs> no, but also the, the you bald demon, you bald-headed uh-huh. demon. Oh, yes, classic. Iconic oh, classic line now. Yeah, I like, um, again, so I, I saw the movie twice, both times in theaters. The audience was like, ah! laughing their asses off. He, I thought he was awesome. And uh, the idea of like, oh, we should just kill Namor. Like, why, why not? Why not? Why don't we just kill him? I was like, of course that would come from him. Of course it would. Um, but also, you know, going to the introduction to Riri Williams, I thought she was really charming and really cool right from the get go. And, uh, you know, the sequence with Okoye trying to, like, you know, convince her, uh, convince her to come with them and cutting in half her, her uh, speakers. I was like, man, like, this whole thing is awesome. And, you know, Riri making fun of her head and how bald she is and ashy she is up, up there. Um, there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of good uh, chemistry between all the characters. And uh, I think it worked worked really well. D, what about you? How do you feel about all this? I think it went over really well. I think the introduction of Riri was it was pretty cool. Um, and then I think is that Okoye that's with her, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okoye, yeah. She. Yeah. Um, it, I thought it was interesting because there's also scenes with uh, where in the first one she tells uh, uh, T'Challa not to freeze up on the mission. And then it's kind of like the same thing, like a trust, like she's babysitting basically. Mm. And she comes in and interrupts him there where he does freeze. And then it's a similar thing. Like, well, I gave you, uh, I gave you six, man. I told you five, I gave you six. <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was interesting. It was a great little altercation. And uh, yeah, Riri had that super sweet car in there. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That car was dope. Yeah. Super cool. pretty cool. Raul, how about pretty you? What do you think? I really, I, yeah, I like this sequence. Of course, it's always great. It's it's nice to see Umbaku back, uh, Winston Duke. He, he's he's so charming in the role. He's so fun. He's got some great lines. Yeah, the bald headed demon. That's a great. Bald headed. So funny. Um, yeah, he's got some great lines, and it's it's just, he was one of my favorite characters coming out of the first Black Panther, and it's nice to see him um, again uh, in, in this uh, again re- reprising his role. Um, and I did like this scene where they where they go and they they go find uh, Riri Williams. And I thought uh, the the interplay between Okoye, Riri, and Shuri in the dorm room was was really funny, uh, especially with Okoye. Uh, she had some really funny lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a nice kind of lighthearted uh, scene to kind of break up all the tension of of everything that's going on. Ben, so. When Mbaku had came into the council room, I want to say like that's when like people were starting to laugh because you know it's whenever he talks like it's always going to be something funny. So you had that, and then the chemistry between Shuri and Okoye. I mean, it was in the first film, but it's like it was expanded upon more in this film. Uh, I I thought it was funny because like when I saw her, like you know. Story. She's dressed like uh, a college student, but then you have a Koye looking like he came straight out of the '80s. He reminded me of Grace Jones in that outfit. Like those yeah. were the vibes that I had got when I saw her in the outfit. And uh, I thought it was funny when um, Shuri and Riri were talking in the room, and when she opened up that door, Koye was in there. I, 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 <laughs> like it was just like 
like, like everybody course. has already stated, like the chemistry between all three of them was funny. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, B mentioned that uh, she had a sweet car. That car reminded me of um, the car that Echo. 7-Eleven's car? Oh. Nah, Echo and uh, the Hawkeye series. Wow, throwback. Look at that. Yeah, except it was red instead of green. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I thought that this scene, it was it was cool introducing Riri. Um, I've seen the actress before. She was in um, Judas and the Black Messiah, and she did oh, a okay. really good job in that movie. So when it was announced that she was going to be playing Riri, I was just like, okay, like, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah. Yeah. She And she pulls off the college student, like, vibe. Like, I, yeah. I, I totally get that from yeah. her. Um, I, I think... one, I'm sorry, Kev, real quick. No, no, but something, something that I had saw earlier today, too, was that um, in the comics, Riri and um, MJ are both at MIT at the same time. So, I mean, Dude, who knows? That was something I was hoping would happen. Because, yeah, like hmm. Spider-Man, Peter Parker is at the age range now where they all his friends are in college now. Yep. And she would have been like, I, I was hoping that when, you know, Shuri was walking down the hallway, maybe we could have seen a little Easter egg of like, you know, uh, MJ being like, oh, yeah, what's, uh, what's that? Or that? Ned, yeah. Yeah. Like that would have been awesome. A little, I totally little didn't even think about that, but eh, it's okay that they didn't do it. Cause I feel like it, it, it would have taken away from of course. what's yeah, going of course. on, you know, cause we're trying to meet Riri right now. You know, we're trying to introduce her, but that would have been very cool. Um, if they don't meet in the future though, I wouldn't, I would be surprised. Like maybe little, MJ cameo, Ned cameo in the Riri Williams Ironheart series, perchance. Maybe mm, you never know. But uh, depends on how everything is squared away with Sony and how that works with the TV shows. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's kind of a that stipulation. Old Sony. Good old Sony. Good old, Good old Sony. Sony. <laughs> oh, do we love him? Oh God. Well, moving on to our next chunk here. This is another huge sequence here. Uh, the three of them go to Riri's storage house where she works on all her tech. Suddenly, the FBI surround the perimeter. Okoye takes Riri's car, which belonged to her dad, in order to help her, them escape from the FBI. Uh, a chase scene ensues, with Shuri making the executive decision to split the three of them up. Riri tries out her M her Mark I Iron Man suit to help the escape. Uh, Riri shoots down the FBI strikes uh, drone and helping to block off the FBI from reaching Okoye and Shuri. Just when Shuri and Okoye and Riri think they've escaped from danger, the Talokan warriors appear. They show up with explosives and completely knock out Shuri and Riri. Okoye stands her ground, has a fight sequence with the Talokan. Eventually, she loses the battle and is thrown off the bridge. Before Riri is about to be killed, Shuri wakes up and tries to talk things through with the general of the Talokan. They agree to take the two of them alive, leaving Okoye in disgrace. Um, man, so much happened in this sequence, and... Again, going back to what I've been saying earlier, the action sequences, Ryan Coogler doesn't miss. These were awesome. They were so fun. Um, and also the the design for the Mark I Iron Man suit, I was like, damn, like this girl deserves it if she's gonna be the next Iron Man. Like yeah. I'm all I'm already impressed. Like this is cool stuff, man. Um, and she's the first American to do it technically, right? I mean, I don't think any other Americans knew how to make Iron Man suits just yet. Yeah, the only person that kind of came close was uh, uh Justin Hammer. Justin when, Hammer. Yeah, That's when he was right. trying to do it in Iron Man too. Yeah. A but lot of people. A lot of people were trying. A lot of different yes. people were were trying, and I think Justin Hammer came the closest. At yeah, he's the time one of, of the bigger people. Yeah, yeah. at the time oh, of yeah. Iron Man too. But I do, I do remember them saying in in Iron Man two that there were other 
people around the world who were trying to put uh, to make their own Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the fact was. that this is yeah, there's a lot of them. yeah. But the fact that this is coming from you know a kid, you know, yes. a, a college student is 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 crazy. But uh, yeah, I liked. I really enjoyed. Um, that sequence also. There's something really cool. I mean, it kind of reminded me of the uh, the car chase sequence from the first Black Panther. Exactly. I, just, uh, I, I, I loved. Yep. There's just something really cool about both of those uh, car chase sequences. It's like they take place at night, and it's just like really the action is really good. I don't know. It just reminded me of of how much I liked the first the the same action sequence or the the car chase from the first movie too. I thought this one. I thought it was executed very well here as well. Definitely. What do you guys think of the Okoye fight scene with the Talokan? I thought that it was incredible. Um, I thought it was sick. Yeah, it's just so one of those cool. things, man. Where it's like, cause she's already a badass, and mm. she's the top of the, you know, the group that she's in, and for her to go one on one as she went down, like I was mm. just shocked. I was just like, wow, like she met her match. It was it was a good fight too. I, I enjoyed the fight and um yeah, I was just uh like shocked when everything happened. You know what really did it for me was that there was no music when yeah. they did the fight sequence. Like as soon as you see her taking off her jacket, you're like, Okay, it's about to go down. <clears throat> the music shuts up, they're like, Okay, yeah, we'll let you take this now. And then you just oh man, the way she just takes down all those Talokan, she's so ruthless. Like you know that she's like a boss battle and she's about to fight another boss battle because she's like, What are you doing with all these side characters you're making me fight right now? They're gonna die in like three seconds. <laughs> um but just the movement, the cutting, the the editing for this fight sequence, again, Ryan Kugler doesn't miss. He's fantastic. Um and the the scene or the moment where the the general takes uh Okoye and like breaks her arm or pops her arm off after yeah. hitting the yeah, the yeah he dislocated it. oh man I, yeah, everybody in the theater felt that i think yeah. we all oh, physically yeah. or verbally were like oh man i think i let out an audible gasp or something yeah <laughs> sure i did yeah it's pretty rough you know, that was a big hit to compare to anything it was just like when uh thanos was fighting against uh tony stark and mm. when the blade went inside of, I remember like everybody oh, yeah. was just like, "Yo, is he yeah. dead, man?" Like, yeah. yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you, know, you? What What did you think? So no, if you want to go, Raul, you can go. You go. Can go. Yeah, go just, ahead. Right? Just really <laughs> quick, I was gonna going off what you said, Kevin, about the music. Ludwig Göransson, first of all, just shout out to him for this. I mean. Uh, Oscar winning composer won the Oscar for the first for the first Black Panther mm. uh, kills it with the music in this one. But I what like what you were saying about when there's no music is what's great is Ludwig Göransson knows when to use music and he knows when not to use music mm-hmm. to it to to give across the most to make it the most effective. And in these scenes, for sure, like it really he chooses the right moment to not use use music where you feel, you know, you're just, it's, you're just in it. You know, yeah. Yeah. you're just all, yeah. all you care about right now. We're just watching the fight and yep. we're just hearing the sound effects from the fight. And that's all we need right now. Um, and again, you know, choosing to not use music for the beginning with the Marvel logo and, and all that stuff. And, and, and there's moments I know near the end, Shuri um, eventually, you know, thinking, having flashbacks and thinking about her brother and T'Challa yep. and she's having all these flashbacks and that's all done without music. Just yep. the effectiveness of not just knowing when to use music, but when to not use it. 
So, also, and... isn't he the the composer of Mandalorian as well? Mandalorian, Creed, um, Fire, Fire Projects. I mean, he's Man. he's done some. Got one hell of a resume. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Ex Hans yeah. Zimmer. Bro, I just wanted to piggyback off what you were saying, and um, that's one of the things that I love about certain animes. Like, I know there are a lot of anime fans that don't really like the Dragon Ball Z sub, but mm. there are like I enjoyed the score and the sub just as much as I enjoyed in the dub. Because in the Japanese version, like there are certain scenes where like there's no music playing and mm. it makes you feel like depending on what's going on, like if it's an intense scene, if it's a sad scene, you're just like, what's going to happen? Like there's no dialogue or anything sometimes. So mm-hmm. I think that by taking the music away, I mean, uh, even going back to uh, the thing, the, the horror movie, like there's scenes mm. in that where like there's no music and it gets really creepy. And you're just like, well, what's yep. about to happen next? And like, right. that's how I felt when mm-hmm. I was watching that fight on the bridge. The tension. Yeah, mm-hmm. the tension. Yeah. Naruto sure. versus Sasuke and Shippuden, dude. Mm-hmm. No music. They're I just think fighting about, ninjas. I just think about the scene in Spider Man Two where um, where the doctors are trying to take off uh, Octavius's arms oh, and yeah, arms started yeah, attacking yeah. people. That's all. Oh, yeah, that's all just sound effects and people screaming and the the machine whirring and all that stuff. No music. And again, it's chilling. Dude, the fight scene between Spider-Man and Green Goblin in the first Tobey Maguire movie. Yeah. Exactly. No oh, yeah. music. Yep. Okay, so we've settled it. No music means the best fights ever. That's probably uh-huh. what that means. <laughs> we've got amazing fights when the, the musician's not there. So maybe, you know, musicians out there listening, choose when the right time is, you know? Because you might have been ruining the worst, the best fight on the planet, okay? But maybe. <laughs> it's all maybe. their fault. I'm already putting it's blame on musicians. It's a case-by-case basis, I think. That's... <laughs> Well, moving on to our next scene here, uh, another yeah. huge chunk here for you guys. We got uh, Okoye reports back to the Queen and the Council. Ramonda strips Okoye of her duty as Dora Milaje. Uh, some council member questions the Queen's hasty decision, reminding her that Okoye has given a lot for her country, even sending her own husband to prison for Wakanda's peace. Queen Ramonda reminds them that Okoye can see her husband in jail anytime, but she cannot see her own family. Then she delivers the most famous quote, now famous quote, I am queen! of the most powerful nation in the world and my entire family is gone have i not given everything with nothing else to say okoye gives up her title as general later we see valentina allegra de fontaine what a mouthful of a name played by julia julia louise Dreyfus as another mouthful of a name good for her inspecting the scene on the bridge with everett k ross everett finds shuri's beads bracelet uh, we also find out that Valentina and Everett were once married. Valentina tells Everett to take her on an eight-hour drive back to headquarters. At the end of the ride, uh, Queen Ramona calls uh, Everett to get information on Shuri. She learns that whoever kidnapped Shuri was of Mayan descent. Queen Ramonda heads to Haiti and seeks out Nakia, who has been living there since the blip. We find out that Nakia didn't go to T'Challa's funeral and she's been avoiding Wakanda. Ramonda tells her that Shuri has been kidnapped and asks her to save Shuri. So I know I know, we, we kind of jam-packed a lot of information on that one, but uh, we, we could take this scene by scene. How do we feel about the, uh, the council sequence with Okoye losing her position? Raul, let's start with you. Um, I thought that was... Uh... I love, again, this is where we get that speech that, that's been in the trailers, right? Where we get that mm-hmm. speech from, from Angela Bassett and good God, this is one of those, this is one, and, and we, I, you, we knew from the trailer that this was going to be a powerful moment. Of course, we don't know the context, you know, of this speech until you actually see the movie. 
And uh, I was wondering if when I saw this speech in the film, in the context of the film, if it wasn't going to be as powerful because I had already seen it in the trailer. Not the case at all. Because uh, you you really feel in that moment everything that she has been through. And that all comes to the surface. And then now, you know, what we didn't know in the trailer, but now what we know in the movie is that on, on top of all that, Shuri's been kidnapped. So she's lost Shuri as well. And all these things just stacked up. Yeah, she's distraught. You know, Ramonda is distraught and she trusted Okoye and, you know, she lost her. And and it's just a powerful moment. And and it didn't lose its luster because I had already seen it in the trailer. It's It was still just as impactful, if not more so, now that you see it in the context of the film. So I thought that was a very... Very powerful, um, very powerful sequence. And, uh, you know, it was, and, and the whole point that she made about, yeah, you can visit your husband at any time, but I have no one. And, mm. I, you know, I, I'm i never going to see them again. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. I mean, I mean, she, she let her have it. And, I mean, she had sacrificed everything. You know, she's wondering probably, you know, how much longer she can put up with it. We see that she's aging. Obviously, they now they don't know where her daughter is. Yeah, I mean, like a concerned mother, you know, and she sells every bit of it. So. Ben, do you, do you think that Angela Bassett should get a nomination for an Oscar for this? I do. I, you know, I said something about that on Facebook earlier today. I said that, you know, she deserves her flowers right now. Yeah, and like that scene, it gave me chills. I agreed with everything that she said. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I liked that she said was, you know, when Okoye was sitting there, you know, begging, saying, you know, like, you know, I've done everything for this country and whatnot. And when Ramona said, well, after Killmonger showed up, you just stood there by his side as he kicked me and my family to the curb. And you didn't, uh-huh. you know, do anything to help us then. But it's like, I agreed with her on that. And like, mm-hmm. so I just think that she had every right to, you know, strip her of her position because, again, it was Okoye's, uh, recommendation for Shuri to even come with her and you know yep. at this point in time she thought that her daughter was dead and she lost her daughter she yeah, lost her son she, she lost mm-hmm. her husband and you know in her mind she was the only person left so it's like I understand why she felt the way that she felt and yeah I think that she deserves like everything that's coming her way like I mean everybody they praise this scene it's just like the emotion that was going on in the room, the cinematography, like everything at this moment in the movie, it was really good. I do want to mention real quick that she's a huge part. I gave her a lot of credit when Banks and I talked about this off the pod. Um, I gave Angela Bassett a, a ton of credit because she's the main reason that this movie goes off the way it needs to go off. Yeah. Mm. Because she basically carries it for the first, I don't know, two, I don't know how you would break it up, but the first at least two, three acts of the movie. Yeah. She yeah. carries it. And it's just like her delivery was flawless. And uh, one other thing I wanted to say too, Daniel Kaluuya, he was supposed to be in this movie too, but um, he wasn't able to do it because of scheduling conflicts because of- no- Busy guy. Yeah. Hey, busy. A lot of them are busy. So. Well, he, he was working on the Jordan Peele movie, wasn't he? Was yeah, he in, no. Is it yeah, that's nope? why I said, yeah. yeah, because of Nope. Yeah, that's yeah. why he wasn't able to he do it. He noped out of there? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> nope. he, hey, he was dealing with a, an invasion himself, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let me actually play devil's advocate because 
because I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, but I, I feel like this scene was one of the moments that kind of made me think about one of the things that I could poke a hole on on this movie, which was uh, a lot of the characters call back to scenes from the first movie. Yeah. And uh, there's this is like, I think, the 30th Marvel movie that we've got. Hmm. And one of the things that Kevin Feige always tries to market his movies with is by saying, you can watch any of my movies and you'll understand what's happening from beginning to the end because it's all it's all got a beginning, middle and end. And so you don't have to go back and see anything else before you go watch this one. Um, and because this movie had a lot of callbacks, there was a part of me that was like, if I wasn't a fanboy of Marvel and I wasn't watching all these movies, would these scenes have kind of gone over my head a little bit or would, I've, would I have just kind of like gotten it and just moved on? Um, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I mean, I would like to think that if, if you haven't seen any other Marvel movie, I'd like to think that coming into Wakanda forever, you would have at least seen the first Black Panther. Mm. Yeah. You know, the first Black Panther was huge. You know, there, there, there weren't a lot of people that didn't see that film. It was a cultural phenomenon. And so I think with this film, like, sure, there, there probably were some references to the first one and all that stuff, but I don't see too many people coming into this movie without having seen the first movie first i mean i mean i'm sure there i'm sure there are a few people that this is their first introduction to black panther or the world of wakanda but that can't be that can't yeah. be a lot of people and if anything i guess the way i could also prove myself wrong about that point of view is that we see killmonger towards the end of the movie and so all this time that these characters are bringing up killmonger uh, the you know the viewers are probably thinking who the heck is that like i don't know who killmonger is but then you see him in person and you're like oh wow that guy looks like he's messed people up so we understand where they're coming from now when mm -hmm. they bring this character up which i guess adds rewatchability i suppose mm -hmm. um yeah i mean any any last thoughts before we move on to our next scene mm -mm. all right then let's do this so later in talokan shuri meets namor who or namor who proceeds to show her his underwater kingdom filled with vibranium he calls himself a mutant protecting talokan for centuries from discovery by the surface world we find out from his flashbacks that he has a real hatred for surface dwellers he believes all they know is hatred and sickness and they would very quickly reject namor and his people of talokan namor gains his name as after a colonizer tells him that he's Un niño sin amor. Namor gives Shuri uh, a Talakan bracelet made from the plant that gave his people their abilities. Alarmed by the surface dwellers who we believe uh, he believes would want to imprison his people for their resources, Namor proposes to Shuri an alliance with Wakanda against the rest of the world, but threatens to destroy Wakanda first if they refuse. Shuri refuses. Then Namor is informed that he's been called by Ramonda with the, uh, the seashell. So he goes off and does his thing. Uh, huh? D, what what do you think about the the sequence of introduction to Talokan and all the people? Um, I thought it was eye opening for her to immediately you immediately as viewers, um, not just Shuri, but you understand why he's doing it. You get to see some of his you know the young kids playing and just having a fun time, and he takes them down and tells her that you know he basically he essentially created a son for his people. And it's, it's more than just, he's not really talking about vibranium. That's the one thing you immediately, this has nothing to do with the resource that is yeah. available to them down there. That's right. Um, he's just telling her about his people. And then that's, that's kind of why 
it's easy to see where he's coming from once again because he's doing this for his people. You know, he gets down there, he gives her uh, ceremonial robes and things like that to just kind of hang out and, you know, lets her feel welcome. You know, it's not like, here are these shackles, you know, you're, you're with me. And it was kind of like, she was almost like a ward while she was down there. Yeah. Um, you know, let alone her mom doesn't know. Well, he does go to meet her mom next, in the next scene and let her know, hey, she's safe. So she's essentially like a ward, a, a symbol of trust. Like, this is your child. She is here. She's fine. You know, and it was like, mm. I just thought it was very interesting how they were kind of unintentionally like because he didn't really trust anybody on the surface. So that's why initially he tells her, don't tell him about us or else. Yeah. You know, and it's like he doesn't know who he can trust up there because all, all he knows is what he was shown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like if you teach a dog to attack everybody who comes in your house, guess what? You know what I'm saying? That's all they know. Yeah. So until you change it, you know, which is very hard to do um, once it's ingrained. So I thought it was an interesting scene and she just kind of eye opening and it let her know that he isn't just some sort of brute. He actually means what he says. Yeah, you know, it just further drives it out. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, especially when you see like, you know, you see kids as well. Yeah, you see, exactly. Like, the, the human side of Talokan, and also yeah. the the music that plays when you first see Talokan. Very festive, kind of. The giant whale, the mes- yep. yeah, the mesmerizing music. Like, it's just, it's such a beautiful sight when you get to see it. And you even, I mean, Shuri basically gives us that impression as well that yeah. it's gorgeous. Oh my it god, I'm so amazed. He oddly reminds me of King Poseidon from The Little Mermaid. Mm. Like, he kept telling his daughter, like, look, don't go up there and trust these people. Look what happened to her. You know what I'm saying? Some of them. Yeah. That's the same, similar story. The the warmth that you get from him when he tells Shuri about how, you know, he brought the sun to his people with vibranium. I was like, ah, man, like, this guy cares so much for his people. And he's so scared of what's going to happen. When he goes off and, and tells, you know, his flashback, I, I was sitting there thinking, yeah, man, people suck. Like, what the heck? <laughs> they they all deserve to not talk to you guys. Like, that's that, everything you did was justified, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't think twice about it. You know, and later on in the movie, when, when people start mentioning, no, man, he's bad. That He shouldn't think that way. It was a reminder to me to go, oh, yeah, wait, that that's true. That That is bad. That's, like, he's yeah. literally going to kill all the human well, race, all the surface dwellers. That's crazy. He's going to try. Um, one, one question I have for you guys, just kind of like a side note that I was thinking about. Do you think we'll get to dive in in future films and feature film and future <laughs> films? Do you think we'll get a chance to dive into who's behind their tech? Because they do have those pretty sweet water grenades. Oh, like who's that's their not. Yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering, do you think we'll get to see who's behind their technology? I don't because know. somebody made that. I don't know, man. I, I just, I Good feel question. like something like that, we would probably only see, like, if they were to do, like, a Namor movie or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I because it's like, there's so much down there to explore. And, you know, mm. I feel like that during this scene, it was only shown to, you know, show what it looks like down there. Like, that it was just like Wakanda and he was trying to do the same thing in a way that uh, T'Challa was trying to do in the first Black Panther movie. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like they kind of were, uh, you know, uh, spitting images of each other. Right. You know? Exactly. 
Mm. I, I feel like that it must have been uh, it must have been just the people in general all learned about the explosives and how to put it together just because I mean, I don't know what else are you going to do when you're underwater all your life. Learn yeah. about fish and vibranium. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they are very, you know, just like the Aztecs, they're very primitive people, to be honest with you. They because they're not they're not really work outside of the water grenades, um, slash mines, whatever you want. I guess they're kind of like grenades, but uh, they're kind of primitive. You could just tell that they don't, you know, they don't have any interest in that stuff. You know, yeah, they just yeah. kind of don't care. Like, like or you, you said, would, yeah, it's like you said, D. He never mentions. He barely mentions the vibranium. No. It's never came about, up. It's not about the vibranium for him. Nope. You know. He mentioned the, you know, bring it. He uses to bring the sun to his people, and that was it. Right. And he told her the story about his mother and whatnot. And I, I just think it's interesting if you stop and think about how it would have changed things had T'Challa still been alive because yeah. of his, he, like his parents, was more, I think he was way more open to the outside world because of the relationships he built with the Avengers, for example, mm. Tony and Steve and seeing that people like Steve, for example, he knows that everybody isn't downright evil. And, you know, Steve was the moral compass, as I like to call him, of the Avengers. And I think T'Challa would have been able to say, hey, come here and let's sit and actually talk council to council. But because he's not there and his mom already being on edge, it kind of like, you know, automatically escalates the situation because there's nobody there to negotiate, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that because they sit down with the council and I don't think it really came up like, hey, let's get a chance to sit down and meet this guy and negotiate that. I don't think that was part of their conversation. <laughs> it was like, um, we don't trust him or let's kill him. Right. Wasn't that it? That was yeah. Little, yeah. yeah. Especially Mbaku. That was. Yeah. It was like a double negative. It's like yeah. neither one of those was going to work. But for but, like a split second, like when Sherry yeah. says to him, like, we got to find some peaceful way to do this. Yes. Like they were quiet for a second before Namora showed up and said, hey, the seashell, they, you got to go. Yeah, talk to yeah. the hey, your phone's ringing. Like, man, if if the queen had just not used her goddamn seashell for like yeah. a, a second. She didn't even know what was going on. I know. Yeah. Where would that conversation have gone? Yeah. Yep. So like it, it was her fault why she died. Spoiler I, alert. Um, I do, oh, here we go. I do. I, I would like to talk about just the world visually that they presented of yeah. Talokan. Mm -hmm. And I, of, of course, you know, with this movie, there are going to be some inevitable comparisons to um, Aquaman and Atlantis and all that stuff. Yeah. What I really liked about Talokan and how it's presented to us visually, you know, with, with Aquaman, it's a little bit more lighter and brighter and you yep. know maybe there's there's maybe there's maybe i guess maybe a little more cgified but it's very it's very um dynamic and spectacly right um with talokan it is you do see there is a spectacle to it but there's something tactile about the way it looks it looks like a place i can actually go to you know more so than like atlantis in aquaman this looks there's something more realistic about the way it looks. And yeah, uh, I, th I think that adds to the whole sure. idea of why he brought the sun down to Atl to Talokan because yeah. realistically, it's pitch black down there. Yeah. There's, there is no sun, and there, th his people would want to at least experience it again right. after not being up there for years, thousands exactly. of years at this point. 
Um, and like in Aquaman, it's like, well, where is the light coming from? Yeah. <laughs> where is the light coming from in, in the Atlantis? The power of there? friendship. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where. Oh. But, and I really like the pivot because <laughs> I really like what they do here because obviously it was going to be, I, I like that they switched the, the lore from Atlantis to this Aztec Mayan influence city. And I really think they pulled that off very well because obviously you don't want they want to distance themselves from DC and what Aquaman's yeah. doing. So I thought it was very smart for them to change it and, and kind of uh, change the, the change the city from Atlantis to Talokan and make it more Aztec and Mayan based. And with that, I like the way it's written, how Namor gets his name. And like what you said, Kevin, the, the, um, what, what was it? What was the line? The Niño sin amor, a child without love. And I like how, he gives this backstory and you know, with his mother and all that stuff. And it really presents it's, it's, it's done very organically and it fits because, you know, I was, that was one of the things I was wondering is like, okay, they're switching from Atlantis to, you know, this Mayan Aztec influence. How is that going to work? You know what? Namor, what that doesn't sound like anything. Yeah. But I like that they, it was pretty epic. Yeah. I like that he gets that from the Spaniards, you know, the Spanish, you know, see Namor, Namor. And um, I thought that was really cool. Is this, this is the first time in the MCU we have heard the word mutant. Correct? I was just about to bring that up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. that form. I, I know in, in uh, Miss Marvel, they, they don't use mutant, they use mutation, right? They say yeah. mutation. But this is the first time we've actually heard that form of the word. We've actually heard the word mutant. Uh, so I believe, yeah, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. it is. I, yeah, I was, I was literally and, about to bring that up, and then also I don't know if too, you want to include TV shows. Didn't it come up in She-Hulk? No, they just said X Men and She-Hulk, but it oh, was okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they said X Men. They said X-Men. yeah, they said X Men. Well, no, we all know what X Men are. Well, yeah, yeah, that's not, yeah, but um, <laughs> I was gonna bring up like I, I love the Blade reference with uh, his mother because. You know, with Blade, like, you know, his mom, she became a vampire while she was pregnant with oh, him. Yeah. And, like, that's the reason why while she like, was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it's the same thing happened with Namor. It's just like the mom, yeah. she drank the stuff so that way that uh, they could survive. And, like, that's the reason how he became who he is. So I, that's right. I love that reference too, if that is even a reference. Yeah. It's a good similarity. I yeah. like it. If I nothing like it. else, good point out. Now that you yep. bring it up, I like it. I'm gonna add two more things, yeah, yeah. and we got to move on to our next scene. Here is yeah. uh, the the Talokan's uh, Wakanda Forever sign is like a Kamehameha, and I was yes. like, "Bro, dark yeah. mouth." Like, listen, like I, I'm Puerto Rican, and us Hispanics, we love our Dragon Ball Z. So when you start showing us <laughs> Kamehameha's as a hello, I'm like, okay. Now I'm when you in. see people go like this, you go like that. Let them know what's yeah, up. What's up, oh, dude? No. Kamehameha, <laughs> your Talokan ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's so cool, man. But uh, also, the the second thing I wanted to add was the moment that Namor gives Shuri the bracelet. I was instantly in my head like. Oh, that's how she's gonna get the powers. Like that's how she gets it. She's gonna use the magic of that mm. bracelet and then synthesize that. And then once the scene happens, I'm like, ah, I knew it. I freaking knew it. And I'm and I'm not even mad about it. I'm excited because this actually was awesome. It was so so clever the way they came up with it. And it goes to show that like Shuri would not be where she is by the end of the movie if it wasn't for Namor. And that's Namor. True. Namor accidentally strengthened the Black Panther without realizing it. And if he hadn't done that, you know, that's it would have been a different story by the end. But well, uh, 
Would have been a different story for her too if he had. That's, oh yeah, uh, she's she been pretty dead by now. But yeah. Well, moving on to our next scene here, we got as Namor distracted by Ramonda. Uh, she's distracted by him. Nakia helps Shuri and Riri escape. Namor retaliates with an attack against the capital of Wakanda, during which Ramonda drowned, saving Riri Williams. Namor now declares Shuri as the queen, hoping that she will make the right choice for her people. He vows to return in a week with his full army unless Shuri agrees to join him. After Ramonda's funeral, M'Baku acts as Shuri's counsel and recommends that the citizens of Wakanda be relocated to the Jabari Mountain for their safety. Meanwhile, Ross is arrested by his ex-wife and director of the CIA, Valentina Alegra de Fontaine, I'm in. Uh, for secretly exchanging classified intelligence with the Wakandans, turns out she bugged Shuri's bracelet before Everett found it on the bridge. How the heck did she bug his, her the bracelet? That's a Wakandan yeah. vibranium. She said she item. had showed up. Well, bugging something is just putting something on. No, I but did like they mean like how? How is she able? Well, she to didn't. Put, I don't think she like put. That doesn't. Technology. But that, that's what I'm saying. Bugging something is like bugging a car. It doesn't mean you have to put something inside of whatever it is. You have to put something uh, on okay. it. Attached. Right, I see something. what you're saying. And she so did like say she she did say she showed up to the to the scene like what did she say? Twelve hours before he got there, or something like yeah, that. Something like that. It yeah, was some outrageous true. time that I just don't know. Does that really fit into twelve hours? It was something like twelve hours. And Honestly, like, it it also surprised me that she what? said that because before that she was like hey everett can you drive me for eight hours back to headquarters uh -huh. i'm like wait is that all this plot line is for you just driving long distances so that we can tell the story for another character right now like, <laughs> like, I, was I, like <laughs> I was just wondering well she she did say she had it book so that i guess that means she didn't have to be there but it was just kind of like all right i guess i have to say this for me is one of the weaker points of the movie, and this is one of the, the things I I kind of have problem with a problem with in this film is mm. is Ross and Valentina. I yeah, I feel like you mean this Bilbo. Is our, Bill, that's right, Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo. That's right. Yeah, Bilbo and Elaine from Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> Correct. I, 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 yeah, I do. This movie is already really long. You know, it's pushing yeah. three hours. I wonder how much of this we really needed. I mean, how much of this? I feel like we could have used less of these characters here because it's just kind of a, I don't know I, how much of it does it really drive the plot and how much of it does it really serve the plot? I feel like this is, these scenes could have really been trimmed up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Definitely. I agree. Also, I, I think the editing where, you know, between, uh, Shuri talking to Namor and then Namora going, Hey, <clears throat> seashell lady. And then it cuts to uh, the queen and then cuts back to Namor and then it cuts back to the queen. Like all that editing, it felt like the queen was just teleporting from different locations, like really fast yeah. just because of plot point stuff. Like mm -hmm. we got to tell the next part of the story. Um, so when Shuri gets rescued by Nakia uh, and suddenly they're up in this Wakandan airship and the queen's in the ship, I'm like, Wait, hold on. So, how did the queen? How did the queen find Shuri before Namor got back? You know what I mean? Like there, there's so many questions that for me I was like, I think the editing kind of was a little. Was a little well, she there. was she was tracking the bracelet and yeah. then dove, and then the queen called him when she was going down. So okay. that's how that worked. But it was kind of like, and we call her Solid Snake. From here on out, because she <laughs> yeah, went up in there and, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? She had everything well, with the box. Metal Gear Solid. Uh, yeah. uh, Nakia was around. very uh -huh. smooth, man. Yeah, I will um, say, 
Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead, D. No, go for it. Go for it. No, no, I was just going to say, man, it's uh, – I wanted to piggyback off of what Raul was saying about, like, you know, the scene, it kind of dragged on a lot because I'll say that when I was watching it in the theater, I was starting to kind of get, uh, you know, dozy because I'm just like, man, like, when is this going to move to the next <laughs> thing? And I don't know, man. I feel like that scene and then, of course, too, the stuff with, um, you know, Ross and – uh you know, his former wife, as we find out. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there, there was just too much of that. And it kind of just yeah. took away it's, from the overall. It's kind of weird. Because yeah, it's, it's like, like where, is this, that, where is this going? Like, he has yeah. to have his scene, you know, because he is uh, an important character in the comics and whatnot. He's all right. Yeah, but. It felt, but, it felt unnecessary hmm. to me, his presence yeah, being there. Because yeah. This moment the, didn't, ha- yeah, it didn't need to happen right now. Like, well, why are we gonna, telling it now? Well, I was going to say is that Ramonda, the reason he's there is that Ramonda is in contact with him to keep tabs on Shuri and and find out, you know, all this information on what's happening to Shuri. But she goes to Nakia. Nakia kind of serves a similar function. She goes to Nakia to get help to find Shuri and all that stuff. So she's going to Nakia. Why does she need to be talking to Ross? So again, I feel like Ross is kind of a redundant character because we have Nakia who's already kind of filling that role. Mm. Um, So that's another reason. And I know that's kind of, they want to set some stuff up. This is that's one of those exactly things. What it is. Every yeah. Marvel film always has this these that's little right. kind of that's right. plot yeah. points where they want to set up for future stuff. And of course, Valentina is going to be uh, kind of she's kind of the Amanda Waller of this of this universe, and that she's we know she's yeah, going to be she's in setting up Thunderbolts. the Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's so pretty I mean, obvious. Yeah, so I know we're kind of planting seeds and stuff. I just, and the, the whole reveal about the fact that they were exes. I'm like. Even when he delivered it, it was like, yeah, that was my ex-wife. Or he was like, yeah, my, I'm talking with my or However it happened, it was like, Why is okay. That Why like, is yeah, like, like, wow. like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. It did seem, um, I would say, with his lines throughout. The, the other thing that made it so bad was like, it was a recurring theme throughout the movie. It's like, he would give them information and they wouldn't give him anything. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, well, we'd tell you more if we could. Thanks. Yeah, but they, they just kept do- yeah, That's fine, but I'm saying it was still redundant because yeah. it just kept going on throughout the movie. It's like, well, thanks again. Hey, look, like, well, the, hey, look, the more has stuff tapped too. So as soon as they would have yeah. said something. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> oh God. You know those earrings your ex is wearing? Bug them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and just, also, you know that she can like sneak into his house whenever because it's like, ah, oh, they've been married. Hey, well, yeah, the more yeah. the more can sneak in too and drop off a giant machine. <laughs> so uh, he knows about water explosive in too. right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, but I, you know, something I wanted to touch on uh, before we moved on was that I didn't like that Nakia had shot the person, and it's like if she would have oh, had yeah. just let Shuri heal her, then everything that's about to happen wouldn't have happened, you know? Mm. Well, that's where all the, yeah, that was the, uh, that was the, the guitar string snapping, right? Is like that, that kind of incited all the, all the, the the fighting and the aggression and all that stuff. So it's about fear. Like it's about fear and suppression. Cause like, you know, again, the queen, if she hadn't used her seashell, then Mm -hmm. Namor wouldn't have shown up because she Mm -hmm. was scared that her daughter was dead and she was threatened by Namor. And then Nakia was like, let me ask you guys something. Yeah, uh, and I'll start with you, Kevin. Do you think that there was something more between Shuri and the Moor? 
because when I was watching the scene, I was just like, I don't know. It seems like that they're trying to like push them together. Like, because when sure was just like, well, mm. I'll just stay here so that way that Riri can uh, live. But what do you think of? I don't think so. I think that I think that Shuri has a warm thing about her, a warm feeling about her. And that that sequence between the two of them talking to each other made me think of Chadwick Boseman and his Black Panther, because you see in Shuri that she has a bit of T'Challa in her as well. Yeah. And like that, that to me was the sequence that made me realize that she has empathy. It's in there. She she doesn't she's not a completely dark person in there. Um, and she's she has a heart that wants to care, um, but she's struggling just like everybody else is. But, you know, it, I think Namor was there to prove to us in that sequence that Shuri still has that within her. Um, she can be a good leader and she could be a future good queen if she really put her mind to it. Um, but yeah, Raul, what did, what did you think of that? I don't think so either. I think that was more I don't I didn't get that, that they were trying to go for something more between her and Namor. Um, I feel like she would have stayed. The reason she wanted to stay was more kind of what you saw when she, when she came to Talokan, she was connecting with the, with the people and she felt like Kevin's saying, she felt empathy for him. So I think that's, that's what I was getting is that she was willing to stay to help the people. Um, also I, uh, hashtag, yeah. uh, Namor and storm should totally get together when the X-Men show up. Mm -hmm. I think that would be an amazing Whoa. duo. She controls the weather and the storms and yes. then Namor uses tsunamis and kills people with orcas. Oh man. How badass would that be? We'll call if they it the house of W. <laughs> exactly. The house of W. House of Wakanda. <laughs> That's the name well, of the third movie. So moving on to our next scene here, we got a we see a montage of Shuri and Riri working together to finish building suits for the Dora Milaje, figuring out Namor's weakness and helping Riri build a vibranium Iron Man suit. Shuri, using the Talokan bracelet with a remnant of the herb that gave Namor's people their underwater abilities, synthetically reconstructs the heart-shaped herb, called it. After ingesting the herb, Shuri becomes the new Black Panther and meets Killmonger in the Ancestral Plane, who urges her to <laughs> seek revenge. <laughs> Upon returning, she is accepted by the other Wakandan tribes as the Black Panther. Despite M'Baku's advice for peace, Shuri is determined to get vengeance for Ramonda's death and orders an immediate counterattack on Namor. Preparing for battle with Ayo, uh, Ayo? With Ayo, assuming the role of... Oh, Ayo, that's the other general of yes. Dormelage. Shuri bestows the Midnight Angel armor upon Okoye, who in return recruits Anika to join her. Williams creates a suit of powered armor to defend Wakanda. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I think we also totally missed to talk about the death of uh, Angela Bassett's character. Um, that right. was really, really heart-wrenching. And like I felt like the way I felt with aunt may dying in no way home yeah where in my like my gut just hurt so much that when i wanted to go watch it a second time there was a part of me that was thinking oh man can i really handle this again but i went in did it anyways still a great movie a second time actually liked it even more the second time um but going on to to this montage stuff i thought to me this was very like uh, Marvel cookie cutter like montage stuff of like oh we gotta come up with a plan all mm -hmm. right epic music playing we're all having fun now doing our thing don't <laughs> worry there's hope for us it was you no know, ACDC but it was okay uh, yeah exactly <laughs> no, it was like it was an easy. 80s movie it was like rock yeah. they was getting Let everything win. 
Yeah, exactly. A lot exactly. of a lot of the sciencey jargon, like, well, if we do this, then we gotta do this. Oh, that's right. It's the this, the thing, the blah 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 blah. Science Genius. jargon, giants guard. They both say the Science. same thing at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the coupling. Blah blah blah. blah. Why didn't been better if they it? played the theme song from Weird Science? <laughs> science. <laughs> Weird Science. Yeah. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh yeah. I, 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 think, I think the whole the whole sequence was pretty cool though, though the way that they did try to set that whole thing up and yep. uh the Killmonger reveal to me was like like I, I had a feeling he was Stop gonna show pass. up. <laughs> yeah, like he as soon as he showed he showed up, I, I thought it was gonna be the queen at first because I could have sworn I saw the queen's crown. Um, yeah. Um but that I guess oh, that yes. wasn't the case. But the moment he did show up, I was like, "Oh my god, why didn't I realize that makes so much sense?" Because from the beginning, you know that Shuri is, is in a dark place and yeah, she wants to burn the world. So, of course, she would call upon you know Killmonger. Desperation. Yeah, Desperation. you know what's crazy? Um, for some odd reason, I thought that they were gonna do a Fast and Furious and like have like Chadwick brother play uh, T'Challa and then put <laughs> T'Challa's face on whoa, the brother and then, have, and then have like somebody like voice over because I mean like because we interviewed um somebody that that on our podcast that yeah. does a really good T'Challa voice and I mean like they could have did that that's what I thought was going to happen yeah, interesting. Maybe pull some like Luke Skywalker CGI kind yeah. of thing. You saying mm-hmm. like, mm. I, I'm you know I'm glad they didn't then though. Yeah, because me too. I I feel like you know if, if they had if they had done that it would have taken away from the story of what Shuri's point was for the movie. Yeah. and like you know I I think I think her mom was the T'Chaka of Black Pan of you know Chadwick's T'Challa, right? Like mm. uh, the the dad T'Chaka is the one that wants to help. Uh, T'Challa, and now we got uh, the Queen talking mm-hmm. to Shuri towards giving the end the of the guidance, movie, giving the guidance to her. Yeah. Like I, I really like that that connection. It's like a, it's poetry. It rhymes, as George Lucas would say. Um, it was very, very lovely the way they did that together. But how about you, D? What, what did you think about all that? Uh the montage and everything. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, it was something that the movie needed to have at some point in time. Obviously, she didn't have a suit built yet. Riri, that is. So, um. I thought it was fine. It was one of the, you know, I just kind of wanted to get past it. And, I, you know, I wasn't a fan of the, uh, what would they call the Midnight Angels? Yeah. Mm. You know, sounds like a biker gang a little bit. But it's <laughs> now cool. everybody has an Iron Man yeah. suit. So, yeah, <laughs> it's um, I will say that it's it needed to happen leading up to her own show or series or movie. I'm not sure what it's categorized right now, but the Iron Heart Project. Yeah. Then, you know, obviously she'll have something to do with the uh, probably Armored Wars. Yeah. Um, And then you'll probably get more of the competitors. So I guess her introduction in this movie was pretty fun. I liked her as a character. Again, I wasn't a a fan of her suit, I guess. Um, The Iron Heart suit, like the the new one that she builds? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the, I guess, the um, the helmet kind of looked like the Midnight Angel design. I hope they do something else with that moving forward. It's just not attractive to me. Yeah. But other than that, I'm fine with the montage, you know, cue the 80s music, you know, maybe some uh, some Kevin Bacon running through a, a barn or whatever that was back in the day, you know, something like that. So, yeah, and just kind of speed through it. 
Can't yeah. wait to see him in the uh, the Christmas special for Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Hell yeah. That'll be That's fantastic. <laughs> so, I mean, it needed to happen, the montage. You know, they she got the herb. She goes through. She meets, uh, you know, little cuz, you know. So, uh-huh. my next cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> Banks, uh, you trying to go check out this museum uh, <laughs> next week? Oh. No, I mean, like... So. I, I will say that I thought that it was a cool cameo, you know, having Michael B. Was Jordan cool. yeah. uh, come back. He's in a lot of projects, man. Yeah. He's been busy. Him and uh, yeah. the gentleman from, uh, what's the show? The Majors. Yes, he is yeah, in a yeah. lot yeah, of stuff. Holy cow. Yeah, Reed 3 is going to be incredible. Yeah, they're very great. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then he's, um, he's Kang. Yeah, Yeah, got to get all those Marvel stars and other movies. Yeah, but you know, something I wanted to touch on, because I know um, I'm I'm mad, I'm I'm having a brain fart of what we were talking about earlier, about um, somebody that becomes evil. It was, I I think it was somebody on Neymar, uh, Namor's side. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, our suspicions. Yeah, so it's just weird to me, because like growing up, Mbaku was one of Black Panther's enemies because he was the um, the man ape, I believe that's what he was in the comic, or the white ape, something like that. And it's just like for him to, you know, be white ape, yeah, something like that. For him Mm. to be Shuri's uh, voice of reason, I'm just like, it's just wild. Mm. (laughs) It's wild. I think it fits though. Because know, it's just so wild. much time, he's the elder in a way. Well, he's one of the elder yeah, because it, yeah. so much time has passed. Yeah, he's not I, the I, young I man you meet at the beginning of the the trilogy or the, the first the, movie. The first movie. And you know, I he, do wonder. I do it. wonder if things had been different, and and uh, Chadwick Boseman hadn't passed, and if T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, was in this film. I wonder if maybe Umbaku would have still been a little bit more of an antagonistic character. But I think because of that, again, without without Chadwick Boseman, um, everybody else has to kind of kind of help bear the load. And so I think because yes. of that, by necessity. Umbaku kind of had to fill this mentor role. Exactly. Yeah. Especially so with he was especially more... with uh, Ramonda gone, you know. Yeah. She needed somebody to kind of mentor him. And Every so I think character that was, by was like more third dimensional. Like they, they yeah. had so much more fleshed out from them. Because I felt like Black Panther, the, you know, the first movie, it feels like, you know, it's a blockbuster movie. It's a feel-good blockbuster fun film. Whereas this one was like, okay, fun time's over. We got to get really serious because that's what it's calling us to do. So how, how can we make this so that these funny characters aren't just funny characters anymore? Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I think M'Baku, he had to step up because yeah. once the king dies, he's going to notice how Shuri feels about it. And he knows that as a, as a strong Wakandan soldier himself, he made promises to the king to take care of Shuri and, and watch out for her and... You know, he he had to grow up. He was forced to grow up because of all the sadness and, uh, you know, what was the thing that he said to Shuri at the funeral where where she was like, "I thought you you thought that I was just a kid," and he says, "No, you're, you've gone through too much to still be considered gone, yeah. a kid." That's what go. it was. That was beautiful. Like one, yeah. once I heard him made say a lot that, of sense. The whole movie, the first time I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, okay, if it's not Shuri who's going to be the Black Panther, who else could it be? And I saw M'Baku in the beginning of the movie making all these vegetable jokes and you bald-headed demon. And I was (laughs) like, oh, man, there's no way they'd want to make him the Black Panther. There's no way. But then you see this funeral sequence with Shuri and, and the Queen's death. 
and you see how he handles it and i'm like man you know what maybe he totally could be the black panther like he's yeah. just as worthy as she is yeah that that's were true the case. one second guys i was correct and that is a lionfish a red lionfish that's what her helmet thing is made of and it oh, is it's poisonous. yes that yeah. yeah that lion yeah matt yeah okay yeah, well, that being said, let's fish. move on to our next scene here. <laughs> we got uh, Namora's cousin, Namora, is upset about Namor yielding to Shuri, but he promises that Shuri's empathy for their people is useful because Wakanda has no other allies in the world. Now safe, Riri returns to Boston with her dad's fixed up, uh, with her dad's car fixed up. They didn't fix their dad, that's weird. But has to leave her new vibranium suit behind. <laughs> Later, Okoye rescues Ross from captivity. Meanwhile, in Shuri's absence, M'Baku steps forward to challenge for the throne. Shuri visits Nakia in Haiti, where she burns her funeral ceremonial robe like her mother wanted, allowing herself to finally grieve T'Challa. We see a bunch of shots of Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa before we see Shuri finding peace within herself. In a mid-credits scene, Shuri learns that Nakia had a son with T'Challa named Toussaint, who Nakia has been raising in secret, far from the pressures of the throne. Toussaint reveals his Wakanda name is T'Challa. Mm. Lot to unpack there. Um, what do we got, guys? Ben, how do you feel I, about I, all this? I just want to let y'all know that when uh, they showed that scene in the theater, I was sitting next to my friend and I was just like, bro, you should start clapping so that way that everybody in the theater can start clapping. He was like, I'm not going to do that. So I started <laughs> clapping. And then he was just like, are you serious? Like everybody in the theater is clapping. I was like, cause bro, like that was, it was an incredible, powerful scene that I wasn't expecting. I mean, it was cool seeing the mid credits thing, but I wasn't expecting like a little kid to show up and be like, yeah, mm. like I'm, I'm T'Challa's son. I thought that that was really uh, an emotional and cool moment. And then, you know, just seeing the clips of uh, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, it was a very emotional scene. Again, like how I had mentioned with uh, Paul Walker earlier mm. um, in the Fast and Furious, I think it was Fast and Furious 7 when they had showed like the clips of him from the first fa Fast and Furious movie to the last movie. Um, that's what it felt like when I saw the stuff with T'Challa. And um, I don't know, like, I think the the one last thing that could have made this movie really better, I mean, not saying it was a bad movie or anything, was if they would have played uh, all the stars like in, for the credits because ah, yeah. I remember like when Black Panther ended and they played all the stars. I remember like everybody in the theater was just yelling. They were happy and whatnot. And I feel like when they were playing, like showing the tribute to Chadwick, if they would have just played that or something like an instrumental, it, it yeah, would have been yeah. really cool. But um, I also like the fact that. Jory had asked Nakia if her mother had saw him and she was like, yeah, like, but it's just like, do you think that, that Ramona, do you think that she knew that, uh, that she had a grandson or like, did she found out when she came to the island yeah. to see Nakia? Yeah, the, I, I think she she did know because uh, uh, Shuri asked her, like, does, does, uh, does, did the queen know before she passed away? And Nakia was like, yep. Like, she no, no. Him. Yeah. I mean, but like, I mean, like, do you think that she knew did she already knew that Nakia had uh, a child or did she find out when she came to the island to ask Nakia oh. to go say shit? That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think I, th that she I think she probably knew? just found out. Yeah, I think she had she had found out when it happened or when she finally visited, <laughs> probably. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, something else, too, that I want to say before I pass the mic to somebody else is that remember Nakia wanted to talk with Shuri. So, yeah, I, yeah so, I'm, so I'm assuming that, yeah, yeah Ramona already knew. 
that uh mm-hmm. that she had a grand a grand yeah yeah definitely d what did you think um i thought it was a wonderful wrap up uh like i said i'm not sure what namor's uh what he's going to do moving forward. Yeah. He did say that, you know, they don't have any allies, but he didn't say he was, what he told her is that they're going to turn, you know, if they ever need help, they'll turn to us. Mm. So, I mean, that could be taken multiple ways. The way I looked at it based on his tone, it wasn't like evil smirk, but yeah. what you got? I took that as something that this is because like we were saying before, like the defeat we were worried about, well, how does this look on, on Namor? How his mm-hmm. people probably don't, you know, this is, he looks very vulnerable right now, but I took that last scene as like, no, 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 no. What I'm doing is that we're accepting defeat. Now it's, it's almost like a live to fight another day. kind mm-hmm. of thing. He's playing the long game. He's For accepting sure. the defeat now so that they can form kind of lulled Wakanda into a false yep. sense of security so, I was so that when they, when they come to Talokan for help, they can exploit that. That's yeah. what yep. I was getting. So, and you know, I, it's coming too. Like it's you know going to happen coming. by the next movie. So this to me was a, a set. It left me with a I sense agree. of, Oh, so there's still, he's, he still oh, has yeah. a, a plan. He's still up to no good. You That's know? what I was saying. I mean, you can just see it. And like, I mean, just like all of his scenes, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's a dark setting. And he's just kind of like, she's like, well, you know, this isn't what we wanted for our people, basically, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But he's just kind of cool as a cucumber. He's like, well, they're going to come to us. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just seemed very dark. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be waiting, you know? I think that was the point of it. Yeah, I think that was the point. I mean, he did everything but smirk at the end of that scene. <laughs> and I, uh... <laughs> I really like that sequence also just because it's like, you you know that, you know, Namor is not a good guy, but yeah. neither is he a bad guy. He's an anti-hero for sure that only cares yeah. about himself and his people. So he's, he'll definitely be willing to cause more trouble and be a villain in later movies if he oh, wants yeah. to be. It means because protecting he's, his people. Because, yeah, he's protecting yep. his people. He's yep. making choices based on what he thinks is best for them. And if you read the comics, there's multiple storylines where Namor tries to take over the world multiple times. Yep. So it won't. this won't be the first time that Namor will be a threat to people. It's not Now that we've seen how Wakanda handles it, now we got we get to see what happens if Wakanda isn't in the way, and what if Namor wants to take over the world yeah. without Wakanda there, or also, without the Black Panther there. My last little tidbit on him was that it's interesting because you get to see throughout the movie that he's a person that is willing to show you by his actions. Even if he shared a moment with Shiri where he showed compassion, he's willing to do what his people needs him to do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not even close to be honest with you. Like if he could go back and know that she would make him yield in battle, he would probably just kill him. Right. And, and Riri, you know, he was just taking them out, but he tried to give them a chance and it backfired. And he knows that now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it was uh, nice. The, the wrap up credit scene was very, um, thoughtful. I don't wish that they changed, um, the credit song, because Rihanna said that she did that for, you know, basically she wrote it for Chadwick. So yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. It was um, a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, it was very, I mean, it, it made you feel for the situations throughout the movie and in real life all in mm-hmm. one, you know, like it should. So Now, I, I know there was a lot of talk from people who were saying, oh, man, now that they introduced uh, T'Challa Jr., he's going to be a young Avenger, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. 
There's, there, I don't think they're going to make him a young Avenger. I, I think this, because this was such a different circumstance with, yeah. you know, the death of, of Chadwick Boseman that a lot of people were like, well, now we'll never have a, a male Black Panther. What the heck? Well, guys, don't worry. We're going to have Shuri now as Black Panther, and she's probably going to do this for another three to four movies. And then when she's done, I'm guessing by that point, there's going to be another time skip. Time skip. And, yep. and then time we'll skip. get an... We'll eventually have an then older. You get Chris Evans, uh, cat back, <laughs> and you get him trying to T'Challa's son somewhere. <laughs> exactly. No, talk- if anybody's um, gonna train his son, it's gonna be Bucky. Oh yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I like you that. just blew Full my circle. mind. That's like a great that. idea. I love that. You're like your dad. Your dad once gave it. It's all. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He gave me a hand. You um, could say. Now oh. I'll give you a hand. Uh huh. <laughs> Now I will. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. Are you? Were you no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was just. And uh, my thoughts on the wrap up is like, yeah, I've already said my thoughts about what uh, Namor is doing there. There near the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I really do feel like with this, we got a good sense of closure. Um. And you know, Shuri's getting her closure, and we as the audience are also getting our closure with it finally. And how clever, like we're talking about, how clever is it that this is how you recast T'Challa in a very clever way? We've got a new T'Challa who, like you said, maybe, yeah, maybe, dang, yeah, maybe yes, maybe no, but it does kind of leave the door open for maybe in a future movie years down the road, we could have a T'Challa be the new black panther again we could have a t'challa wow. black panther in the form t'challa too you see so there was oh, a hold on i mean are they going to recast chadwick boseman are they not going to recast t'challa well this is having your cake and eating it too we're not going to recast him he's going to be dead but in a way we've recast t'challa if that see, makes any sense no it does and i want to piggyback off of what you're saying because now because we have king the conqueror coming and then we saw in loki the different timelines and the different oh. universes and all that stuff. You can, and then Secret oh. Avengers, Secret Wars Secret is coming Wars. up. Secret you know, Wars. you can have a older Holland show up, and it's his son. Mm-hmm. Trained by Bucky himself, and I love it. And that's how we get T'Challa as Black Panther again, T'Challa yep. Junior. Mind blown. Let me let me just add one last thing, and and we gotta call it a day, guys. Is yeah, uh. Yeah. I'm really happy for M'Baku for becoming king of Wakanda. And I think he deserves everything that's coming to him. By the end of the movie, oh, that's he right. finally he was king. given. Yeah, yeah because well, there was there was nobody there to, to face him. That's no, right. Like, well, we're assuming nobody challenged him. And if they did, they probably got their butt whooped because M'Baku is like the toughest Wakandan that there is. So ooh, I'm, ooh, I'm happy ooh. for him. But I hope I hope he doesn't handle his cases by going at everything if he gets mad about it because <laughs> like I, this, I hope that they like him for that reason like he's a tough guy good leader uh, I think he's gonna do a great job. But this is he how he becomes the villain too. now because now you can have Shuri versus Mbaku because I was looking it up he he his villain name is the Man Ape and how he becomes the the Man Ape is he kills uh, a white ape. He drinks the ape blood and he eats the flesh, and then that's how he gets the ape powers, and that's how oh. he becomes the an ape. So, oh, look at that, yeah, dude! Epic foreshadowing. <laughs> Are you kidding? Know, you oh my know. god! Well then, gentlemen, I think we've made it to the end. <laughs> so, yeah. 
For all you listeners out there, thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Real Geek News. You can also follow our separate handles on Twitter and Insta at Kevin A. Rivera VO and Raul Ceballos VO. Leveling up team, where can we find you guys? Captain? Hey. You go first, Captain. You want me to go first? You always go first, and then you say. All right, here we go. Well, here we go. You can find me at Rebellious Double Underscore D23 at Instagram.com. And Banks, if they need a hero, where can they find one? Hey, you can find me at Hero Benjamin Banks at King Benji Underscore Banks on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Then check out our podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, at Leveling Up Banks. That is on all social media platforms and then on YouTube as well, where we have videos, reactions, and interviews and all that stuff. Where we interviewed Raul and Kevin, you can either listen to those uh, interviews on our podcast or you can watch the video interviews on YouTube. Heck yeah. And hey guys, look, uh, if you want to help us out and help boost the quality of our show, help us find more listeners, get more eyes and ears on the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a review, you know, uh, leave a five-star review, and, you know, we'd love some support because any little bit of that helps, um, and it helps get get eyes on our show. Heck yeah, and also, want to share your par- passionate thoughts and opinions about movies, any movie news you'd like us to do, well then, send us the email to realgeeknews at gmail.com, we'll leave all the description below. With that all being said, stay safe, stay classy, and most important of all, stay geeky, my friends.